If you're here for Imposter Factory, tune in at 43 minutes and 58 nine seconds to hear our take <laughs> on the game for this week. <laughs> Fuck. If I have to edit anything, that timestamp won't be true. But right now, it's flawless. Yeah, I nailed it. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. I'm going to timestamp that timestamp. I love time the real-time so, update of the are you, are you gonna Are you going to clip that and put that at the beginning of the episode? I... I, I Elena, write it down. Yeah, I'm going to timestamp the timestamp that I just that's, gave. Because that's the most useless alert if you just leave it there. <laughs> that's actually so funny. You just leave it there. For the real homies, bro. The real homies know about the timestamps that didn't make any sense. <laughs> After I went on this whole speech about how I actually do edit, you guys. I actually do. And then it's just like that is in there completely unhandled. Oh, my God. That's good. That's good. And clap sync. Three, two, one. Yo, do you think people hate the clap sync at the beginning of all our podcasts, or do you think they love it by now? Like, have we? It's done like it a security times? blanket for me yeah, personally. Right. For me, right. I will, I can't speak for our listeners, but for me, it's a security blanket. Well, for I'm our like, listeners, uh, they love it. So I asked a friend that actually <laughs> listened, and she Whoa. was like, "Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of strange, but like, she didn't really mind it." And then I explained that. Well, actually, maybe you should explain. Why do we include the clap sync? Wow. Okay. Well, so the thing is, we include it because we read this online article from BuzzFeed that says that if you include something that's similar, like an intro at, at the beginning of every podcast, you, you actually convince your <laughs> listeners to, to get into the right headspace for... Wow, this actually sounds so Did real. We I mean, no, no, this is total bullshit. I'm, I'm um, sorry. I'm staring McCoy down right now. I'm like, oh my God, I had no idea you did so much research into this. Is this real? Um. So, okay. I personally believe I've that that is real. I've been gaslit before by this man. Oh, by me? Mm-hmm. 100%. Where did you go? Fuck you. It does McCoy, sound plausible. Okay, wait. Brief yeah. tangent. When we first met, like way back in the day, McCoy mm. had me fully convinced after like hours that his mother, shout out, hi, hi McCoy's mom, his that his mother was the owner of a sex swing that was yeah. permanently installed in their bedroom. Yeah. And for like hours, I was like, that's ridiculous. That's not real. And he's like, no, like when I was a kid, like this is how it would work. Like I would get in and sometimes and swing, but like then I, and I, was <laughs> I did like, say that. I yeah, did say that. You did. And it was like, about that. it was like hours of me being like, this yeah. is not real. There's no way this is real. And when I mm-hmm. finally gave in, he was like, yeah, it's not real. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you gotta understand, I was even using convincing tactics that like didn't even work on you, but I didn't even understand they weren't working, but I was just using everything I could. Cause like, mm-hmm. for example, like one of the ones I was using was, okay. We're out here in California. It was a little more hippie town compared to where you're yep. you're at. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, man, it's like a hippie thing. You know, they're just more like forward with it. They don't think it's something to be shamed. They just think it's something that, you know, everyone experiences. It's it's yeah. how you were made. Right. Um, and she was like, what the fuck? And then eventually kind of like, OK, maybe. And I want to say at one point in time in that process, you met my mom and we're like, I don't know if that's a more <laughs> yes or a more no for this. Um <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, so the term gaslighting had not really been, had not caught flame. I'd like, yeah, but I'd know? like to retroactively that state that I've been gaslit. Anyways, yeah. the point is, <laughs> McCoy did not read an article on BuzzFeed about uh-huh. how to make a podcast successful, but it's, yeah, the, the clap sync is the intro. No, it's just, it's just, it's one. Okay. You know what it actually is? If we're being really honest, it is one of the 19 methods that we use in case this thing were to fail. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. we have like 10 it's like craig's recording some shit i'm recording shit locally which i've used on the occasion or when i'm lazy and then we're all recording on their own 
local, but, mm-hmm. but but it's pretty standard. Like if you ever see like online broadcasts, um, especially a lot of podcasts and stuff that started in person and they went online and they wanted to like one of the ways to sync everything is on the clap. It's like a nice spike in your audio readout and you can like line them all up nicely. Um, it's one of the ways of doing it. What's really interesting is that like that's one way and it feels a particular way. Now the listener might not notice which style and i don't think i would be able to tell to be honest if i was listening to someone else's shit i, I don't think i could tell but because i know our shit our shit so well like if you line it up on the clap sync that sounds a certain way if you line it up based on what i'm hearing through my headphones my local recording that sounds a certain way and if you line it up through craig's perspective craig sounds a different way in terms of how we're reacting to each other and it's taught me that in this like kind of online world where a lot of podcasts and like media are online and people are just doing discord calls and stuff humans have become more and more and more flexible with what they accept as like a reasonable timing in a conversation, if that makes sense. Like they, like in person, what we're doing is excruciatingly awkward, but like people have like come to accept all sorts of weird timing when it comes to internet delay and podcasts and stuff. So, cause literally all of those, which are all sound different are all viable at any time for a podcast release. So mm-hmm. that's more than you need to know, but it's true. It's kind of weird. Well, Okay, but that explains why we would do a clap sync. That doesn't explain why we would keep it in the recording that we publish. It's because yeah. McCoy doesn't edit. That's why. <laughs> I was, James, I'm so happy that you said that because I was thinking it. Okay, okay, okay. Which is even That's... funnier after McCoy going through this whole description of, you know, this system. Like, yeah, he, do- he just doesn't bother to cut it out. Dude, back in the day, there were so many, like, weird conversations that were had about, like, should we edit this? Like, how long should our podcast be? I remember all these, like, discussions. And, Mm -hmm. like, the joke was that I don't edit things. And, like, it's true. I mostly don't edit things. It's it's philosophical choice. It's and laziness. But they go really nicely hand in hand, right? Yeah, you've really made it work for yourself. Mm -hmm. Because it's, like, I believe, like, you want to show people, like, this is what we're dealing with. This is what we're working with. Like, in other words... If McCoy is going on some weird fucking tangent, you're seeing it in real time. And as everyone else is trying to fucking pivot and react to it, that is the reality of the circumstance. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's just what it is. So that's true. But it's funny because, you know, I will say like a little like behind the curtain, but we have ever edited things on this podcast. It's true. Um, And I've always kept the door open. Like if any person here actually, actually feels uncomfortable about something that was said, then listen, it's I'm not gonna say it's like not annoying (laughs) but i'm down to go cut it out always 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 um but for the most part no i feel like we've just gotten comfortable with it and it mostly just goes out as is like very few edits these days i would say Mm -hmm. like sometimes like gaffes and stuff you remember the soundboard and shit that 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 shit was good yeah yeah but bring back the soundboard (laughs) dude you guys see that comment on the youtube channel bring back gabe (laughs) yes oh my god we would love to have gabe back yeah Yeah. gabe Come back. Gabe? So, guys, I was we know you this. listen. I was thinking this. I don't know when exactly, but um, but Gabe's played a fuck ton of Elden Ring, and I was thinking mm-hmm. like we could get him in on like a okay, like what the fuck have you been up to in this game? And maybe we could get a couple other people. I don't know. I haven't really thought this idea through, so don't hold me to it. But it's just some sort of like for the finale of the fi- of Elden Ring, we just get a bunch of people that mm-hmm. that we know that are like somewhat adjacent to us. Um, Wow, can you not say Jason? When I said Jason, all I could think of was right wing adjacent. That phrase. That's all I could think of. Fuck, <laughs> dude. I want that, the that word is adjacent. Not the only, that is not. You can use the word adjacent. It's yeah, fine. I think adjacent. You, the word adjacent has not been canceled. 
It's okay. canceled adjacent. It's fine. It's canceled adjacent. <laughs> no, I don't want to think canceled adjacent. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. But yeah, so so why do I keep it in though? It's actually not even because I don't edit. It's actually because I do find it comforting to hear it every time, as yeah. a kind of like signal for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I don't know if that translates to the listener, but I think it might a little. Um, my suspicion is that it kind of turns people off for the first time right away, right at the beginning. And then after that, they learn to like it. That'd be my guess. Write in at tyrannyofthems at gmail.com and tell us if you hate the clap sync. Mm-hmm. That's right. And tell us if you think it's a good I'll business fight model. fight you. <laughs> I'll fight you if you hate it. Exactly. <laughs> if you'd like to fight Zoe, you can also yeah. write in. Yeah. And, and by the way, if you're fighting Zoe, please write at the end of it, Cable's having out. <laughs> That's what I want. That's what I want at the end of that. Cable's having out. You're not familiar with this, Elena? Oh, yeah. that's like some really old Tyranny of Thumbs, right? That was like on mm-hmm. way back in the day on Instagram when Zoe posted her computer. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. When, when yeah. Zoe brought oh her computer God. to state that is, I think we mentioned this day, but it doesn't matter, to gathering we had, <laughs> right? I fucking hard looked at the cables. <laughs> I wanted to see. I was like, and I was looking at them and I was like, these are good. And then I was kind of like, should we, do we care about that? Like, is this still a relevant thing? Cause I was like, we could recable this if we wanted to. And I was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. And I was like, but that one guy on the internet, even though obviously that was unrelated, right? That was before it was even done. Yeah. But I was going to say it was a work in progress, but when I post God, on Instagram yeah. and that is how I learned never post work in progress computer builds on Instagram because yep. apparently people will judge you. Yeah. yeah this like this know. random guy whose job is building computers Yeah. Uh, saw Zoe's post on Instagram of Zoe's, I think, first computer build in progress and was like, this cable management is trash. You're trash. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is an embarrassment. And everyone else was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. I was talking to Gabe about this the other day on a walk um, in what Keenan describes as the flat hike, which is not flat, (laughs) but whatever. He's just that level of an outdoorsman. He's like, this is flat. And you're like, I've gone up like four stories and down like six stories, but okay. <laughs> um, but we were talking about that. And Gay was saying like, he's like, oh, that was back in like in the day when we like, we had no qualms with just internet stalking this person and just looking at all their shit and just being like, your shit sucks too, bro. Um, <laughs> which I think in the modern context is a little bit hateful, but at the same time, like, nah, you know, we fuck didn't really that attack guy. the person. But yeah, <laughs> we'll also fuck that guy for sure. Um, yeah. But, like, we didn't, like, go to call, like, fucking CyberPower PC or whatever the fuck you work for and just be like, your good dude's a dick. But the thing is, he was a dick. Like, that's mm-hmm. a – but I think about it differently now because you see – think about the economic circumstance that we're in. I'm also kidding. But at the same time, like, maybe he was fighting for his job, right? He was like, I need to trash talk other people's cable management so that they can validate <clears throat> paying for me, Right. You know what I mean? He's saying it's part of his business model is to yeah. just go on Instagram and, and trash the people's bills. I think he was trying to go consultant where he was like, listen, your cables suck, but I have a service <laughs> that can solve but, that. Yeah. Yeah. Except that he didn't do the second part. Uh, mm-hmm. The actual selling. Yeah. The actual <laughs> advertising. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think you know? it's just it's just chuckle worthy at mm-hmm. this point, I think, yeah. especially since. I don't know. To me, it was obvious that it wasn't complete because I had a plastic Big Daddy figure in the in the PC <laughs> being made. I'm like, 
of course I'm not going to shut this plastic figure into something that's going to heat up to, like, mm -hmm. hundreds of degrees. Except that people actually years. do that shit. You know, all the more power to them, I guess. No, fuck them. Let's get the yeah. hot takes back into this podcast, right? Let's just throw shade. Where it wasn't where they had ever Dude, that's left. what Keenan said to me. He's like, bro, How I'm not going to lie to you. How dare you? Exactly. Yes, yes. Get that. Because he was like, bro, where have your hot takes gone? He's like, have you gone soft? And I was like, Keenan, you're hurting me. <laughs> okay, so let's also, get ready yes, for some real questions today. McCoy's gone soft. Um, yeah, it's true. Yeah. <clears throat> so, okay, here's what I'm saying, guys. Do we do... Our Elden Ring Corner. Elden Ring Corner. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I went rogue. I made I it my own do. jingle this week. It, I like it. Was it was perfect. Well, what the fuck? Okay. Um, I feel like it theoretically could be even shorter this time. I feel like it's starting to... We always say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then it's always an hour. I at least definitely don't have anything to add, really, because I, I finished it, and that has not changed since the last time. We talk. What about your perspective on life? Do you feel empty without Elden Ring? Be honest. N no. <laughs> oh, I've been greatly enjoying Oxygen Not Included. Uh, yeah. Did you see grass? Did you touch it? Gra you mean like grass? Grass like outside? outdoor grass? Yeah, <clears throat> like the the thing that people put in in messages. Seek grass, which is a like. Oh. Go into the outside world, you nerd. Yes, yes. Except it's it's like nerds talking to each other because it's all an Elden Ring. <clears throat> <laughs> Dude, I okay. You know what? Actually, like legit, we did see an Elden Ring. That was fucking so legit. I forgot to post this on the Discord, but I will post it after this, and you guys should all check this shit out. But okay. Gabe sh uh, showed Keenan and I, and I guess Elena also later a second time. These fucking. These, like, builds that people do, these, like, just troll, like, cosplay builds almost. And, like, one of them was for Sonic, where this dude just made a blue character, and he uses this ability where you can just, like, roll electrically at people. That's, like, the whole thing. <laughs> and so he just looks like Sonic, and he just invades, like, level one characters that are just starting the game that are, like, in online mode. And he just, like, invades them and rolls at them. And there's just some ridiculous videos posted about this. The other one was, um... Bubble, bubble, bubble boys the bubble boys so there's an area of the game where there's these people that have these sort of horns that shoot bubbles and they look fucking ridiculous and these three people all made characters that look exactly like that ish i mean as close as you can and then they would just you'd invade their world and they'd be three perfectly matching Every single thing about their character is identical, including their weapons, including their armor. People all just like emoting at the same time with the same emote. And you just like, and half the people that invaded them would literally just quit after that. Like they would just see people like, oh, fuck that. They're too coordinated. And we just instantly like <laughs> sever ties with the world. Oh, so funny. You guys have to watch these videos. They're so stupid. But, you know, it's the joys. You yeah. Know? The internet's yeah, still I have trolling. Seen a few of those. Nice. There was another one of it's... like Smurfs using, apparently there's a like, finger on a stick weapon oh mm. yes i do not like that thing i haven't gotten it we haven't gotten in the game I, but i, I saw that video it. very disturbed yeah. by that <laughs> i haven't found this either yeah you, you shouldn't be bad about that it's gross it encourages okay. itself yeah the fingers are really big well mm. there's well they're big but small but then like when you power attack it's bigger it's it's fucking weird as shit man we'll send it out <laughs> yeah I have an Elden Ring story this week. Okay. Oh. Ooh. Shout out to, well, okay, so first of all, 
several podcasts ago, like in one of the original Elden Ring podcasts, I guess that my that McCoy called out my sister mm. and was like, she's never going to play this game, but she really should, essentially. I don't really remember. And my sister texted me being like, tell McCoy's a bitch, and <laughs> I totally will play this game. <laughs> first of all, successful first opening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like, well, that's a given. Everything is going according to plan. Um, yeah. 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 Anyways, so my sister has been coming over on the weekends and playing Elden Ring, and she, um, it's been really fun watching her play because so we what basically what we did is we missed an area in the early we're like level I don't know a hundred and something at this point we're yeah. like fairly far we're we're fairly far into the game like one hundred and seven but we missed an area like a pretty early area so we were super over leveled for it and so my sister came over and we're like here's the controller have at it. And so she was going through um, Nakrun, the Eternal City, for us. And she did some pretty dope platforming. And eventually in that area, you find a boss, which is the Mimic boss. So it spawns you. Like it turns into uh, an exact replica mm-hmm. of your character. Mm-hmm. And so she was fighting us. Therefore seek instro- introspection. <laughs> is that the online message about this? Yeah, yeah. That's like one of the better messages. Yeah. That's good. Um. So anyway, so she was fighting this boss, and she fought the boss one time and almost killed them. Oh, yeah, it was really close. And it was so close. And it was like, a we, good fight. We were, so McCoy and were like, you got this. Like, you can totally get him. Like, go back in there. And she's like, okay, but what happens if I take all of my clothes off, and then I go in, and then I put my armor back on, and then I just rock their worlds? And we were like... <laughs> oh, shit. She's a speedrunner. Yeah. I know. And we I sat, know. McCoy and I sat there, like, fully speechless for a minute, being like, I think... I think that would work. So I actually knew already <laughs> that that would. You 100... knew already. Oh yes. I didn't know because I I I really specialize in the ability to like ex- share the experience with that person for their ex- for their lens, and I'm in my mind just going, "That is gonna fucking work! Holy shit!" <laughs> but so then the best part was that my sister did not know how to menu. Yeah, and so it's there hard, was right? like there was like a menuing tutorial before we did it. There was like prep work that happened of like, okay, so you're gonna press this button and then you're gonna want to go here and like here's how you re-equip equipment and like how you do it. And so she went in with like essentially naked with no art, no um no weapon, no shield, and the guy spawned and then she put all of her shit back on and then she it was devastating. It was devastating. Yeah. And the thing, like, keep in mind because we're like a like a faith. Uh, hybrid well it's, it's melee first faith second like sort of caster character mm-hmm. and so she didn't equip uh, or she didn't unequip all of the spells because you have to go into like memorize slots and i don't think she had no idea how to do that but the moral of the story is that like so then this person's ai like the mimic tier's ai is like trying to figure out like what to do and it was just angrily buffing <laughs> like all sorts of weird buffs yeah. like fire resistance fuck like flame <laughs> cleanse me fuck like just like what do i do shit <laughs> it was so funny man anyway it, it was amazing yeah it was just and it's so it was so fun to watch someone play the game in such a different way where like mccoy is all about like the highest level of skill possible and my sister's like fuck this i'm gonna cheese this little bastard and just yeah it's yeah. great i will say though what's really interesting is okay here's our thought process right because the previous it wasn't the previous weekend but it was many weekends ago when she first started playing we showed her some and then we said hey you know you want to like start your own save so she started your own save played some um i would say played like particularly differently than you would expect like mm-hmm. a lot of like maybe things you learn from like assassin's creed and stuff like she was like shooting people with bows and stuff like it was like she was like mostly bow it's like kind of interesting because like to me it's like mostly melee is the game but you know she's just taking her other open world skills and putting them in um but then this time <clears throat> what we're thinking is like you could totally start the game over if you're new there's nothing wrong with that 
But what's really interesting, actually, is that when you get to a certain point in the game, sure, if you go to the highest level that you are supposed to be at, there are challenging fights, for sure. But, like, you have a lot of advantages. Like, you have a lot of armor if you want to. You have a lot of Estus Foss if you want to. You have a giant health bar. You know what I mean? Like, these things are advantages. It's true that there are longer fights going on and, like, different things. But when you're new, you just kind of, like, one-shot sometimes. And you're like, oh, you know? And so it's just, like, this thing of, like, actually the best way to teach someone might actually be give them a higher-level character and let them go through a reasonable challenge for this skill level um and this is all my thought process before that and i think that kind of worked out the problem is that it turns out platforming puzzles are irrespective of level and those were hard as fuck regardless like you don't get like 120 now you're platforming out like sick out of control it's like no um and so the, the platforming puzzles were hard but she kicked their ass and then eventually was felling giants and shit and it was fun it was really fun so shout out to her for that um also shout out to her for the being strong in the quote video game vortex which is like it was like i don't want to say it was like 10 hours straight <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was like 10 hours straight it was a lot and, and wow. we had a beanbag chair here too and so we were just like you know like at the beanbag chair it, it starts like really nice and like supportive of you and eventually you're just a blob you're a mimic chair right eventually and you're just sitting there like oh my god and people were just like Oh my god. And there's a little bit of glare on this TV, so we had to like close the windows, right? So it's like dark in the room, and so it's like, is it day? And oh, it's fucking intense as hell. But it was fun. So shout out to that and shout out to the ingenuity of that. Um respect, and yeah, it was fun. Yeah, that was our Elden Ring update, I think. We played a lot of Elden we got like we like re entered this weekend. We played a lot of Elden Ring this weekend. It was still great. Yeah. Still a great game. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. James, I, played... I know you're you're injured. <clears throat> I played no Elden Ring this week. Yeah. Um, so I have nothing to add. Yeah. And Raphael's done with the game. Right. Yep. So I Zoe? restarted. You restarted? Yeah. Well, so um, I it kind of goes into like the shared experience kind of thing. But after playing it for a, quite a bit upstairs, like here in the office, um, I realized I hate playing this game alone. I, it just feels very lonely, especially when you want to, like, really grind it out and, like, do those 10-hour runs. Mm -hmm. mm. Like, sitting up by yourself in an office, being antisocial from, like, the rest of the house seems very, like, I don't know. Like, my office is not set up in the way, like, you guys do with a beanbag. So, to be fair, like, <laughs> we actually dragged the beanbag in from the living room, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> fair. Right. Well, so I, I ended up buying it on the PS5, so I play it downstairs. Nice. Uh in the living room so like brandon still doesn't watch me play intently but like it is nice to have that camaraderie of like seeing another human being mm -hmm. <laughs> throughout the day i guess um as i'm like really going through these sessions and everything so i've, I've restarted i'm like still on like the lower areas same class like yeah i mean i'm doing i'm essentially doing the exact same character as like my office computer pretty much but um yeah i mean i'm kind of now that I have a better grasp on, like, the weapons that you can get, obviously I'm not upgrading a lot of the weapons that I did upgrade my first playthrough. Mm. Um, so I, like, really went hard in getting the uh, Uchi Katana first. Um, 
or like getting it as soon as possible, I should say. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've been like really leveling that up as well as just, I don't know. I've also just kind of been looking shit up on the wiki a lot more just to like, not necessarily to feel OP. I'm still like having myself go through areas adequately leveled. Um, But at least I can like get the shit that I want sooner that way Mm -hmm. and get it upgraded. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I feel like we hit a point with the game too. We're like, okay, we still don't want like extreme spoilers, but if we want to know where something is, I don't think I'm not afraid to look stuff up anymore. It's just the game's so huge. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's it's into MMO territory where it's like, if you're playing an MMO, you're playing World of Warcraft or something, and you're trying to be like a fucking warlock or some shit, which I did try to do at one point. It's like, what's the point of not knowing everything that you need to know? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To do it. It's like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, the other games, I really felt like because they were so much smaller and so much, like, tighter, it's like there is a track. But here it's like, I don't know. Like, you you should just, you want to get the tools you want to get so you can have the journey and experience you want to get. That makes total sense to me. And I feel like we've all come there over, like, a a varying amount of time, but a long period of time of just, like, what what actually is this? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. But also, like, I think that, I think that not looking up anything for like the first amount of hours is also like a really great experience. Um, yeah. yeah. And just like learning about the world and discovering that that's this kind of game is like really great too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, <clears throat> I, I agree with you on that. I think like the things that I look up really the most are um, like any type of like side quest stuff because I don't know. From Soft, it was the same way in Dark Souls, I feel, where their, like, side quest stuff is very, like, I don't know, very vague. Opaque. As to, like, yeah, you, like, run into a character, mm-hmm. and then you might not see that character for another 20 hours. Yeah. And so, for me, it's always trying to figure out, like, okay, is this an like is this NPC's quest something that I'm just missing because I've been searching all throughout this lower peninsula I haven't run into anything and then I look it up and they're like oh you won't get into this until you unlock Lyrnia of the Lakes and I'm like oh okay like I don't yeah. need to be scouring every nook and cranny of this bottom peninsula yeah. like I feel like that's what Dark Souls was a lot too like with McCoy watching my Dark Souls playthrough it was helpful just in those times of like. I don't know. I got that ring of the abyss like mm. so early on in the game and then never went to the area where you actually need to use that ring to the point where I'm just like, where is this abyss? And McCoy's just like, you haven't been there yet. Like, don't be just jumping off of sides. Cause like I, I kept on leaping off of sides and just dying <laughs> over and over. And I'm like, where's this abyss that I have this ring for? Like, am I doing something wrong? And he's like, no, no, no. Like, you need to explore more and I'm just dying constantly because I'm like, where do you jump off? I don't get it. Yeah. So it is helpful. Mm, yeah. Oh, I totally agree. I feel like it is like trying to like figure out like where is the end for you? You know what I mean? Like where is your limit of like how much how much can I do by myself versus how much do I want help with? And then it's like going towards that. And then it's like as long as you are being a good steward of like what curates your own enjoyment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then it's all good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, for instance, like, dude, you can make super fucking OP builds, like, really quick. And I think it's, like, I was trying to explain this. I might even know this on the podcast. But it's, like, to me, it's, like, I'm not really mad at people 
for like figuring out like something OP that they want to use. It's just like if you go online and get the most OP thing literally ever and then you use that, like are you being a good steward of your own like enjoyment and learning? Like that's really what it is for me. Cause it's like if you figure out, oh shit, I use this fucking torch on this guy and he's invisible, but I can fucking see him. And you figure that out, that's pretty cool. Also, if you're sitting there and being like, I don't know, I've been playing for a gajillion years and this boss is total bullshit and I think I'm way over level for him now, but I just can't fucking see him. What's the answer? Like both those are totally viable to me. So it's just like, it's just like, how do you navigate the world? And so, I don't know, you just have to trust yourself to like, to do it well. Cause like, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's like, it's- I looked up that boss. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, like what the fuck uh, is this? I can't see this guy. <laughs> I have not gotten there yet. <clears throat> You'll know him when you find him. You'll know him I when you don't that. see him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah, like, no, like, it's, it's, that's just what it is. And, and also, like, specifically when it comes to weapons and stuff, like, if you want to play with a particular weapon and you have 150 hours in front of you, you might want to get the weapon. Uh, you know what I mean? Right. And, like, dude, I have had so many instances now where I'm like, all right, I have cleared, in air quotes, this area. And then I look up where a weapon is and it's in that fucking area. And I'm just like, okay. So, what else have I missed? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm looking at other people's talismans and shit. Probably we've missed a bunch of stuff. One I of the think things that's that... the fact of life with a game. Yeah. I mean, that's as what large I was saying. As like, this is. I, after, after I had, like, completely finished a lot of the early areas, I went back and looked on, like, the interactive map and just tried to see, like, are there things on here that I can spot that I'm missing? And I think I missed around 20% of the things. Yeah. Yeah. That feels so. right. It's just so... I don't know, dense is sort of the wrong word. I mean, it is so dense, as in, like, there is so much there, but also there is so much space in the game that it's just, and things are hidden, and there's all, you're, it's just, like, there's, it's so easy to miss stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of things that is, like, if you don't happen to pass it and look around at, like, at that wall from the right angle, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to see that there's, like, a cave entrance there, because just, like, the way the ridges around it are set up, it looks like there's nothing there unless you happen to get it at the right angle so yeah yeah there's a lot of like nooks and crannies with things hidden and i, feel I think like it's right really like awesome. uh yeah yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say like um like sometimes for me like there are so many places to visit that i will have an area in mind but then three other areas go over it and it just completely slips my mm-hmm. mind like um yeah. like i was floored when people were just like patches is in this game and i'm like patches is in this game what the fuck and they're like yeah he's in the beginning area and i'm like what yeah (laughs) like he's in the beginning area and it was like that it was that river area that i just never like actually explored down all that much and it was a river area that originally i was like yeah i should check that out sometime and then suddenly i was like facing godric and i was facing like 10 other areas that i'm like trying to explore Mm mm-hmm it really is like like an epic journey of like what do you need like if, if i if i set you out with the goal of like kill gods it's not exactly the goal but it's like not exactly not the goal right mm-hmm. kill kill gods and then it's like and get what you need to kill gods along the way that's like really what the quest is it isn't get everything 
it's get what you need to kill gods along the way. It's really hard for me to not get everything. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. I feel like yeah. maybe for you, it's not get everything. But uh, for some people, it's get everything. Well, I'm fucking getting everything too, but... We're trying real hard, yeah. No, but the thing is, like, that's why I'm really, really, really fucking excited for another playthrough, which I don't know if it'll happen immediately or when it'll happen, but that's when I will actually realize the game's actual vision, which is that I will go and get the shit that I want, and I will go forward. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm. The second you know what it all is... Now you get to carve your path through the forest, through the fucking dark woods, right? At first it's a dark woods and you're lost and they want you to have that. But then after that, your speedrunner style kind of kicks in where you're like, well, I don't even fucking need this dungeon. Like, because, you know, it's like for me, it's a pride thing. I killed all these bosses. And then the second it's not a pride thing, I'm like, I'm not fighting that boss again. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it's like that. So... I don't know. Like that that's what I like truly love about it is like I just am starting to see this all now. Like mm. I'm starting to still I'm still navigating like what's OP to me, you know what I mean? Like what weapons I value using, what not. We started using a new weapon which is um I'm still I'm still on this fucking train of like 7 years ago it feels like Raphael was like find something you can upgrade with somber smithing stones because that shit's free as fuck and I was like, "Oh, cool." I like things that are free as fuck, but instead I'm upgrading four normal <laughs> weapons in tandem, yeah. and I'm just weak as fuck. And I'm like, okay, I can accept that because I like I to- get home from work and I get reports about like how many smithing stones he's managed to grind out. It's like, yeah, I went to this area, I was getting some sevens. Like, okay, yeah, sevens are good. You do any work today? Uh, yeah, I have zero um, seven somber smithing stones. Yo, hit me up after this. I got a fucking and I dealer, need though. That <laughs> you know a guy. I got the good shit. It's like in Resident <laughs> Evil where the guy's like, what are you buying? And he opens up his fucking, like, jacket and shit. Mm-hmm. It's like that. But, like, you know, the thing is, like, listen, I, I, when I find an elegant weapon, I want to use it. And there's a bunch of elegant weapons. I would say they're in the minority because there's a lot of disgusting strength weapons that no one can respect themselves for using, like giant hammers and shit, but whatever. Um, I respect I, that, myself. <laughs> Also, it feels great. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that was the first thing my fucking neighbor from down the way. There's this there's this kid who's homeschooled down the way, and he's never seen a video game. And he literally said the words to me. Well, he's seen some video games. But he was literally like, yo. Um, okay, let me back up. Sorry. We were actually on a walk, right? Because our power was out. Because on a Friday night, they decided a really good time to work on the power was between 7 p.m., <laughs> and I'm like, come on! I just got home. Fuck your fuck video you game. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I think that somebody didn't get paid a bribe. Like that's my theory. Yeah, like what? What? <clears throat> or like yeah, something I mean, was that really is wrong. Like well-known power peak. Like what are they? Come on. Yeah. Maybe it's fucked. Like maybe something was wrong and they had to. G- I don't know. But anyways, right? Yeah. So we're like. No, because we got a notice about it like a month ahead of time. What the fuck, man? That's not an urgent problem. They were fixing. <sighs> I was yeah. What what coalition do I have to donate to to have my Fridays given back? But yeah, like, <laughs> but I was just sitting there, right? And we're like, you, like, Lane and I, like, we're going to go walk, right? And we're like, going to go walk. And then, like, fucking this dude's here because he's going to go walk. Because all of us are just like, our devices don't work. They don't sing the song of the <laughs> sirens. Like, what do we do? And so we just walked outside. And I was like, hey, man, do you want to walk with us? And he was like, oh, shit. All right. It's kind of weird, but okay. He's like, I don't know. What is he, 15? I'm okay. I truly 16. have no idea. How I don't old know he either. Is. He's just he's just able to drive now. So I think 16. That's 16. Okay. Um, but anyways, moral of the story is one of the things he said to us on this walk 
But he's like, dude, have you guys played Fortnite? And we're like, no, I haven't played Fortnite. And he's like, oh my god, it's incredible. Like the because he's keep in mind he's homeschooled, he hasn't seen video games. He's like, the the graphics are insane. Like it's it's so realistic. And I was like, Fortnite, real it? <laughs> like the word that we would use in this community of gamers is called cartoony or like other <laughs> word. Like what are you talking about? But to him, that was like the most realistic thing. So I was like, hey man. Come by the crib. <laughs> I got a game to show you, bro. It's called Elden Ring. You heard of it? He's like, no, I haven't heard of it. I'm like, well, it's time to see Elden Ring. And I, <laughs> so he came over and he was just like, oh my fuck. I mean, dude, it blew his, but again, like keep in mind, like it is insane. We are forgetting because we're used to it now, but like Dark Souls 3 was already the like, we're going to go as hard as humanly possible to make the best, biggest, largest game we've ever made. And we really hope we get a return on investment. But if not, it's just the swan song this series deserves. Mm-hmm. And then that worked out for them. That made money for them. And they're like, okay, let's just triple that. Like, you've never seen that. I've never seen that in, like, any other mm-hmm. series ever where they do their swan song. This is the most resources we could ever put into something. But it's because it's it's ending. And then they they do a swan song on top of that. Like, it's just, it's unreal. Um but yeah, so moral of the story though, even more immoral. So we're using a new weapon, okay? And the weapon is this. <gasps> what? <laughs> I'm just gasping. <laughs> McCoy's face was like, "Oh my god, someone just died!" Like <laughs> he was so taken aback by that gasp. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, interesting reaction. And I'm like, how do I roll with it? And I just sat there paralyzed. Yeah, you know. you, the answer was that you you could not roll with it. I think I actually did pretty well. Okay. The the freeze and then play it off, pretty good reaction. All right. Um, but yeah, like, no. So we're using a new weapon. We're using this curved greatsword. Okay. And I forget what it's called, but it has, uh, it's a special weapon, obviously, because of the somber stones. And it has that, like, bloodhounds fucking flip backwards and Ooh, jump forward. bloodhound step. That's great. Yeah. I love that move. Yeah, so what it has is, dude, it's it's it has okay, so it's it's not exactly a bloodhound step, but it's a combat move that incorporates bloodhound step into it. I'm pretty sure it's that invisible guy's weapon. Now that I'm like thinking about it, mm. I think it might be. Hmm. Maybe it's you get it pretty early on. It's a curved greatsword. It's a curved greatsword. Yeah. And um, oh yeah, that it's not the invisible guy's weapon. It's the. I mean, I think his name is actually just the bloodhound. He's like, okay. it's one of the ever jails. And he's early. Oh, I mm-hmm. think you're right. Yeah, never mind. I think you're right. He's like a limb grab or some shit. And I've had this shit forever. Yeah. And all I know is. Oh, wait, that one. Okay. You probably have it. Yeah. Yeah, I have it. This shit um, slaps really hard if you need it to. It's like, I feel kind of dirty using it because it's like, it's it it hits hard like a big weapon. This is uh, this is all a reference when Raphael said it's satisfying to use big weapons. It is. It is. Because I was I was showing off these weapons, right, as I was trying to decide what my new weapon was going to be. And I was showing it off to this fucking kid down the street. And I was showing all my dexterous weapons. And I was talking about how I roll and I learn all their moves. And he was like, wow, that's really cool. And then he's like, but okay. And I hand him the controller and he's like, what the fuck? This is insanely hard. I'm like, yeah, bro. You got to figure out what their moves are. That's the three piece right there from that guy. This is not as a feint. It's not really a three piece. And then I gave him a strike weapon, one of these giant ones, and he laughed at how ridiculous this was. And then he hit someone, and they fell over, and he was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it just, like, instantly. <laughs> it just clicked in, and he was like, oh, why don't you use this? And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Get out. Like, <laughs> how could you? <laughs> so, yeah, that's the moral of the story. If you want a dexterous big weapon, though, 
that curve great so it's kind of interesting there's some interesting combos it can do you can do like a guard counter into light attack that's super fast the light attacks are pretty fast as they uh like the spam light attacks actually pretty fast all things considered and it has bleed bleed build up so it's just an interesting weapon to upgrade your somber smithing stones and because i had been saving them the whole fucking game i instantly got it plus nine whereas everything else i have is like plus 20 right on the normal train and so i was just hitting things with this and it was just like the damage is uh, pretty nice. Um, so, so to wrap it all up, though, we I talked to a friend of mine who shall not be named. I, that makes it weirder. Um, but anyways, <laughs> he said, your build's cute. It's nice. But when you get to endgame, you're going to need to optimize that shit for some cheesy OP shit because it gets really hard. It gets really hard. And I was like, we'll see. And I'm still holding out. I'm going to update on this podcast. I'm still holding out. I am still with my inefficient cheesy build and just trying to roll literally everything. And so far it's worked out for me, but the wheels are starting to come off the plane. You know what I mean? Like it's a little <laughs> awkward where I am, but we'll see. So far it's so good. Um, so I, I'm going to try to beat the whole game with this fucking just weird shit I got going on. And I, I want to say it's good. And I want to bring that back to this guy. And I'm not going to say gloat, but gloat. Definitely gloat. It's it's imbuing me with confidence. So that's that's. I believe in you. Thank you. But I also believe in Melania. Yeah, I'm scared. Yeah. He, he said not just Melania, but the late game, which he didn't specify. He just said late game, you're going to need to... He said he switched up his whole build. Late game. He totally revamped it towards double Rivers of Blood Katanas, I think. I think is what he did. And to be fair, he said really clearly, like, I, I don't want to put in the time and turns it takes to get good. But, like, also the numbers are insane, so you got to be really careful. And he wasn't saying this in a mean way. But I will say it is giving me confidence and determination. I'm going to fucking do this. I'm yeah. going to sit filled there. With determination. Yes. <clears throat> yep. It's like I saved in that fucking game. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah. So I'm just saying like I, I've been given more and more and more determination to to win with my traditional style. And so I just I just hope I'll get there. So far, so good. I, you know, it's been kind of harder. It's getting harder. I've definitely fought some things that I'm like, that shit's impossible. But then I just come back, you know? You you plot, you come back. Yeah. It's good. Learn movesets. Yep. Indeed. Yeah. Yep. Sweet. Does that conclude these this week's episode of Elden Ring Corner? <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. The look it. of Did disappointment. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. <clears throat> uh, but all right i oh does it i was uh, no no i was it does it does but i was gonna say what fucking sucks about discord is we can't sing in unison because i want zoe and elena to sing elden recorder <laughs> together <laughs> okay, okay wait we could like we could like clap sync oh it out God. like three two one clap then no sing? no no just no. just leave oh the God, weird no. lag in <laughs> Like when you hear people try and sing like "Happy Birthday" over speakerphone. Yes. Oh, it's the worst. Yes. Or like all of the Olympic interviews. Man, those were brutal. Yeah, those were hard. Those were hard. And now we're cutting to the Microsoft Surface section of this interview. What is it? Your family back home in an auditorium must be really happy. It's just like. First of all, the, the athlete is literally nearly dying. Like some of these people are the track runners that are literally collapsed on the floor and they bring out stretchers for them. And then they just, in the stretcher, they just have like a fucking Microsoft Surface that's just like attached to the side. And they just like pull it up and just like show the person like, here's your family. So they're trying to say something. And then, dude, guys, 
I'm not tripping, right? These conversations were the most excruciating things I have ever heard in my life. It was brutal. Oh, I, oh, yeah, the, I the did delay not is watch so bad. Oh. <laughs> James, they're worth going back and watching because they are pretty rough. <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah. You know what, right. other, what, oh. other, what, else, what else had excruciating conversations this week? What? Imposter Factory. Oh, <laughs> nice. Ooh. Although, actually, I think the level of cringe was lower, but we can get into that in a moment. On the next section, yeah. because I, like, unsanctioned split the last podcast into two and I caused a bunch of headaches. Can we do that again this time? Let's do an intro for the next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you want to give yourself more work? That's my thing. Because I, I actually had this moment of clarity where I realized, what if someone just wants to listen to one of the two of these? These are kind of different people. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I the just... person who's well, like 700 hours into Elden Ring and still wants to listen to content about it versus the person who played the three-hour game Imposter Factory. Yeah. Yeah, that's different audiences yeah. probably. Yeah, I mean, it's fair. Yeah. But also, we could also just, like, in the description, just be like, yo, jump to an hour. Yeah. If you're here for the good shit. Fuck, it was exactly something. an hour, too. <laughs> yeah. And I, it would have been so free. But I'm like, dude, but then I get into this whole thing. Do people even read descriptions? I don't even know. Okay, so then you put a little voice clip at the beginning of the podcast that says, if you're here for Imposter Factory, tune in at four... Well, hold up. Okay, wait, let me try it again. If you're here for Imposter Factory, tune in at 43 minutes and 58, nine seconds to hear our take (laughs) on the game for this week. (laughs) Fuck, if I have to edit anything, that timestamp won't be true, but right now, it's flawless. Yeah, I nailed it. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to timestamp that timestamp. I love the real-time update. (laughs) Are you going to clip that and put that at the beginning of the episode? I, I, I... Elena, write it down. Yeah, I'm going to timestamp the timestamp that I just that's gave. Because that's the most useless alert if you just leave it there. <laughs> that's actually so funny. You just leave it there. For the real homies, bro. The real homies know about the timestamp that didn't make any sense. <laughs> After I went on this whole speech about how I actually do edit, you guys. I actually do. And then it's just like that is in there completely unhandled. Oh, my God. That's good. That's good. It's 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 oh. funnier if I leave it in, guys. I don't know. It uh, is. Okay. It's so true. I mean, yeah, you should exactly. leave it in regardless. Yeah, you can put both places. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Thank you, Belina, for that. You're welcome. Okay. It's like a little sneak peek. But yes, Imposter Factory, the third installment of the Sigmund Corp trilogy for To the Moon and Finding Paradise. Um. This one actually came out rather recently, mm. September 2021. So it is their latest game that they had. It was delayed by a lot because I think it was supposed to come out spring of 2021. Mm. And then Khan Gao was like, how can we redefine spring so it's acceptable for me to release this in September? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, credit to him. Time is a place. But Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a concept. Mm-hmm. Um. But I guess I just want to start this out by like we've played To the Moon and Finding Paradise. Both of these, both of those games are pretty formulaic in how they begin, where it always begins with somebody dying. Yep. Spoilers. Imposter Factory starts with somebody dying. However, uh-huh. I think it can be argued that the beginning of Imposter Factory is quite unlike what we've seen from this franchise so far yeah. just in terms of just the absolute absurdity yeah yeah so yeah. and and I, oh go ahead i haven't announced on this episode yet that i uh i was sick this week and didn't play the game 
Um, and uh, so this is all new to me. I'm very excited to learn. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Don't worry. This game's kind of like a fever dream to me, too. Yeah. I would just but, say, but like... You're right. It starts out fever dreaming. It really does. And honestly, like, I don't know if this is everyone's experience, but I was, like, full on board for the ride that didn't end up being a ride, and that made me sad like that murder mystery game that could have existed i'll I'll fucking clue it was straight up clue you guys does anybody remember the old clue movie no yes i didn't watch the movie i played the game okay i played the the dvd you guys the dvd (laughs) what the dvd clue is the best whoa (laughs) okay let's put let's make a block with that someday wait wait, sorry can you (laughs) give us an explanation sorry sorry i'm interrupting the explanation can you tell us what that is it's it's just a it, it, it came out like early 2000s so it's like just a, basically a poorly cgi'd clue game where there's like an inspector who has way too many teeth because it's a cgi figure and they just take like a row of 100 teeth and so what? he just has like too oh much teeth. i need to find pictures of i want to oh play this game so badly i'm gonna write it down in a note so we should do like another mystery section and we should play this game Oh, yeah. We need to find a DVD player <laughs> and be able to find some way to play it. I don't have one. <laughs> there might be later. there might be some way to I mean, maybe somebody's put it online somehow. Right. Dude, I literally maybe. when building my computer was given the option, do you want a DVD slash CD player addition to this for I think it was eighteen dollars? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, eighteen dollars and I have to install it? I'm good. <laughs> Like, that I was literally actually, the value proposition for a DVD player in the modern I day. have a CD slash DVD player um, from my old computer that I haven't thrown out yet. So okay. Okay. I might be able to just, that like, jankily, like, leave it on the floor connected by SATA cable to my new computer. Because <laughs> I, like um, I don't have, like, a, a bay to put it in. Um, but I could do it. James, can we can can we have a truce, like a gentleman's truce between the two of us? I want in my life to not hold on to old things and to have less stuff and like cleanliness and like uh minimalism. Minimalism. Mm-hmm. Can you then be responsible for all the old bullshit that I might want to do later in my life? <laughs> please. Like a CD player and a DVD player, please, please, James, please. I need it. I'm just like the official archivist of McCoy's life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please, uh, James. You know, we can talk about it. <clears throat> it fits your soul. It fits my soul. Our souls can sing together on this one. Trust me. Right? Isn't soul bonding? Yeah. All right. Okay, but- I mean, I'll say yes and then go back on my word later. Me too. Okay, cool. Okay, wait, wait. Going back to the beginning of this game, Imposter Factory, it's, it's, identi- it's essentially identical to the beginning of the movie Clue from, I don't know, the 90s and or 80s, which is an amazing film, which everyone should watch. But it's like raining, and they go to this weird house, and there's, anyways, it's a whole thing. I, I yeah. think it's a straight ripoff. Yeah. Or reference is maybe the more artistic word for it. Influence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's certainly yeah. It's set up that way, and just that there's like the big mansion. There's like the I guess the servants or like the the caretakers of the house, mm-hmm. and then you have your like old manor caretaker. There's the mysterious woman as well. But also you have this cast of characters of all the guests showing up. Right. They all have their own personality one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, so it was very interesting how this game started out because 
I knew going in that it was going to be connected to Sigmund Corp somehow. Right. Um, yet the very beginning, and actually for most of this game, there's really there's only really the references to reliving memories. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, is this like a prequel then of like how Sigmund Corp came to be? Like, how exactly does this tie in? Yeah. And so I guess, like, my initial thing also is just with how this murder mystery starts out is that it's very, I want to say graphic, but it's graphic in uh, pixel standards, I guess, where, like, I don't know, none of the previous games really had, like, blood in it or any type of, yeah. like, horrible yeah, violence. Yeah, like, violent death. So these, yeah. Mm. So basically the premise is, right, so you're going in to this party, you're this new character named Quincy, there's all these characters, but this couple, the older couple who own the mansion, keep getting like brutally murdered, and that you end up in some kind of like time loop situation, and you can't quite figure out what's going on. Yeah, and yeah. it's interesting. I don't know. At least for me, like I was like vibing with it. I thought it was like cool. Yeah, I was very intrigued. And there was like a lot of like weird like shit going on, and then they were like, "Yo, this is actually a Freebird game game." And you're like, oh. And they're like, I'm going to show you. It's like NPR. We found for you today the saddest story in all of America. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like literally that. I was like, oh, okay. And then it just starts fucking murdering your soul. And you're just like, okay. And um, yeah. It was fun for a while, though. It there was. were some cat shenanigans to start off with. There was like it's a, a time traveling sink. It's a lot less, like, cringe, like, overall, but they still have the humor there. It's just, like, less pronounced. And I guess, like, the way I would put it is, like, I was thinking the whole time, like, fuck, because I've, like, made the case, like, you don't have to have this humor. It's great. I like the humor. Well, I like the premise that there was humor. Some of the humor I don't like. Well, okay, whatever. But I like the idea of it. But but you don't have to do it. You could do, like, a just a sad game. That could be impactful, too. And then this kind of was more like that in a lot of ways. But to be honest, I feel like... It's not that it was, like, sad that was, like, the pr problem with it, that it was, like, more consistently sad. It was just, um, I kind of think overall it just wasn't as a compelling of a story. I don't know if that's just, like, me. Um, hmm. I, I kind of felt like it, it wasn't as compelling of a story as the previous, or, or maybe it's, like, I couldn't relate to it as much. I w I'm not sure. Um, or maybe it's even the fact that, like, the vignettes were so fast. Do you know what I mean? It was, like, really, like... It was a lot more like, you know what I mean? Like quick hits of like memory you can kind of relate to, but it's only like a screenshot of it though. Like a lot of that. Uh, so I'm not sure. Well, yeah, because mm -hmm. they, they changed the, I guess they they changed the memory concept really from, whereas in the past you would go through and you'd be searching for these mementos right. to mm -hmm. collect. Right. And so you'd spend a lot of time in one scene, like, mousing over a lot of items in the area right. uh, and kind of collecting them. This game, they did away with the memento collecting for the most part. Um, like, you still have to kind of go around and uh, collect things and smash a barrier at the end of, like, a quote-unquote chapter or even, like, a paragraph. Um, but even so... I think the linearity of walking through somebody's life, it I think it was also just so fast because you were literally going from beginning to end. It's like yeah. the first time that a story is told chronologically from the beginning all the way. Mm -hmm. um, and so things just kind of start 
I, I think it was pretty well paced, actually. But, like, I definitely agree. Like, there were a lot more of those vignettes that happened really quickly. Especially when you're just walking down a straight path and you just get flashes of a scene. Yeah. Like, above and below you or something like that. As you're wor- working your way towards the next walkable scene, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's like you think about it, like, if you break the decisions down to their pieces, like... Is it wrong that you hunt a lot less for items and that they're rather just given to you along the path? Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know if that's wrong. It didn't feel wrong in the game. I actually kind of liked the more like linear path. It's not that I didn't like the other formula too, but it was just like, okay, like that's cool. And they got to do the thing where like, now that it's like the third game in a series, they can reference their own shit. So like when they pulled out the fucking UI for the fucking memory shit, you're like, oh shit it's sigmund corp like you know what i mean like it's one of those (laughs) like like drops um but it's like i I didn't really have a problem with that and it's like did i have a problem with the way that they told the story like linearly it's like no i didn't really have a problem with that it's like did they have a problem with did i have a problem with like the way i don't know and so it's like all these micro decisions it's like i felt were totally reasonable it was something about it i felt like maybe it was just like a bit too a bit too fast at times for me like it I'm not sure. It felt like um, there was a bit more like emotional laboring where you're like, oh, I am sitting on this for in the previous games that I think like helped. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm tripping and maybe it was just me. Um, I also think it's possible too, like that this main character I don't identify with as much. It's possible too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just sitting there the whole time thinking like, I actually like and think is interesting a lot of these decisions and yet at the same time like the overall product to me felt it felt not nearly as as good around the league as the other ones am i like really off base on that like i that's just like my impression i mean for me i I felt it was similar but i i do hear what you're saying about like something about the the flow of the game wasn't quite on the level um, for me, I think it was actually the linearity of the story. And then it's just like there wasn't enough to engage you aside mm-hmm. from just the content of the story itself and like following along. Um, whereas in the other games, there was more of a like trying to piece it together. Um, yeah, okay. I agree. I think that that maybe was it. I think that for me like the act of having to piece things together and you kind of like mentally constantly trying to figure out, trying to put the pieces together yourself before it's revealed to you, I think is a big part of all the thinking that we did about those games and like the wondering that we did about the previous stories and kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, somehow you've spent more time with them. Whereas this one, the way that you walk through in a linear way, it kind of feels like everything is just laid out for you and you aren't really having to spend any of your own like like you can just kind of let it happen instead of like really being engaged in a part of it i don't know does that make sense Raphael? is that kind of what you were feeling too yeah hmm. yeah so but i mean i think overall i i don't feel like it was significantly worse than the other games like this was actually the first one that i did actually cry for oh um but maybe that's mm-hmm. because i do relate to the main character yeah mm-hmm. i was thinking of you the whole time bro when you say main character, are you talking Quincy or Linry? Linry. For Linry. that. Linry, okay. That is interesting, though, right? That, like, we could both be thinking of Linry when clearly Quincy's the playable one, but he's not the main character, really. 
You know what I mean? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you do get his story, but yeah, it, it is mainly Linry for sure. Um, yeah, it, it is interesting. Like, we talked in the past about how, I think I said for the To the Moon episode, how it's like, I really like that idea of starting with a resolution, but then kind of untangling everything that led up to that point. You know, there's this conflict or you see the resolution of it. And you get to then explore backwards and see the conflict leading up to that resolution. Um, and then in turn with Finding Paradise, yeah, you get that um, that spiral of going backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards. So there is that little bit of piecing together. And it's true. I think Lindery's story starts out very confusing because, yeah, there is this murder mystery. And then Lindery's just like go into this room and you're going to be walking through this like i think you get the reveal that you're not entirely real yourself or something like that and then she tosses you in this room and then suddenly you're going through her backstory right Right. and so while lindry's story itself was very compelling i really liked the whole story of lindry and meeting quincy and all that but there was always that nagging feeling in the back of my mind of, okay, but how does this loop back to the mansion and the murdered bodies? Like, we still have a murder right. that we're trying to solve <laughs> here, right? But even like, worse than that, bro, how does it how does it relate back to fucking Sigma Corp and Neil and fucking all the shit they were setting up the previous game? So it's like all that is sitting there and then they hit you with like the like beautiful but but like sad, consistent like life story of Linry, basically. Mm-hmm. I think it was just always that nagging feeling of how it would eventually connect, but it wasn't done in the same way of the nagging feeling of how things connected in earlier stories. You know, it was always like trying to unravel like little tiny mysteries as opposed to this was just one big mystery, like one big question mark. Yeah, and kind of something that I thought you didn't necessarily have very many clues for. I think because it, I think just because of the way the story was told and it being linear. Like, I yeah, I, I think the whole time I was like, well, where, like, where is Ava and Neil? Like, how is it all going to tie into this? Like, you knew it was going to somehow because, you know, it's like kind of the last game of this trio and they had set so much up. And so I think, but at the same time, we weren't really given, at least I didn't pick up on any, maybe, maybe I just missed them, but I like, didn't really get any breadcrumbs along the way for how this might all tie together or even how it really tied back to the time looping murder mystery Whereas I feel like in the previous games, because of that kind of cyclical nature that they told the stories in, you always had a lot of different pieces and breadcrumbs to try and, like, figure it out. But for this one, I was kind of just, like, I really, I really just didn't know. Um, like, I didn't have any clue how it was going to all come together in the end. And I found that, yeah. I think, less fulfilling, maybe, than I, having yeah, done some lifting myself. I think they do just kind of drop it on you without much of a clue. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I did get the sense that, like, this was in the past. Most of the events were in the past of the series, like, mm-hmm. leading up to it. But I didn't I didn't see how it was connecting. And I guess I didn't even try puzzling that it out that much. But I think also, so, like, there's sort of two recurring components of these games. One of them is, like, the twist. Mm-hmm. And one of them is, like, the big reveal. And both of these moments in this game were not as interesting i guess yeah so like 
the the twist is maybe like sci-fi interesting which i like to some degree but it's it happens to be in a, a format that saps the meaning from it and makes it harder to relate to okay wait, um, wait go into that a little bit because like because like that is is it related to this because i was thinking well, i want to so like, okay yeah go ahead yeah. i guess i should say like yeah. the major spoiler i was like kind of talking around it because it's obviously major spoilers because the twist right um but that's like the that it's a stack of simulations right, right, of right. somebody's memories mm-hmm. and i mean as actually the characters like speak about as they're going through it they're like wait but i'm not real so does like anything matter and like yeah sure like you're playing it out but the viewer is also experiencing that and so it's kind of inherently removing meaning from the story right i was also just wondering that's interesting i hadn't even thought about us on the stack um but but i was just thinking the whole time like this feels like it's maybe unfair to this concept but like this feels standard sci-fi fair to me as an ignorant yeah you know what i mean i mean i i figured out by the murder time that this was a simulation Hmm. um Hmm. and i suspected that at that time that quincy wasn't real already that's fucking shockingly early (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) no but i was wondering the whole time because i was sitting there like you know listen i like i feel like i really like in a spiritual sense was like i bet you Raphael can relate to a lot of these characters and they're like or at least the main character and stuff like that but then i felt like at the same time like i don't know but surely this like it goes into multi-universes fucking sci-fi ending is a bit standard i, I don't know how to say that but like it, it didn't i don't know it didn't hit me as hard as i, I it wasn't the saying? twist that you were it wasn't the most impactful twist, maybe, Let's that they could have thrown in what there. What they were setting up at the beginning of the... Pre- or at the, Well, sorry. But in the second game, what they were setting up in the second game, the possibilities there, that possibility space, seemed far more interesting than a standard sci-fi ending to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. So that that's just kind of how I felt about it. But at the same time, like, yeah, like, actually, the main characters... I, I, I think I was a little bit, like, dismissive of the main character story it just i just didn't like connect to it quite as much as the other stories but i still thought it was like really beautiful but it just it's actually like i came here with the expectation i mean you heard me on the fucking podcast like yo guys they're gonna fucking resolve this shit it's gonna be crazy and like maybe i put that on myself but at the same time i think they really set themselves up nicely for a home run and then they kind of did this which isn't a home run but it's not exactly a miss it's it's just a totally different thing than what they set themselves up for i feel like so yeah, I don't quite know exactly. I guess I don't know like what is meant by setting up for a home run. Like what what is a home run defined as? Is it just, you know, another another story like a to the moon with somebody dying and it some impactful story that involves death like that or I mean, I think it it's always interesting when it comes to these games just because yeah you do follow a formula for the most part but then it's like at what point do you want to deviate from that formula and maybe try to tell something different like um like i guess for a little bit of backstory um during this game kangao also like during the development of this kangao also basically had um he experienced you know the birth of his first child and i think in this game you can definitely see like the influence of like 
being first-time parents and the fear that comes with that and wanting the best for your child. And you could definitely see like that as being more explored in this, where this the story kind of explores life as opposed to explores death. Like there's still death in it for sure. Um, but in a way it was almost like kind of the opposite of what other games do where it does struggle with these questions of like, well, how do you, how do you live these fulfilling lives? You have this character of Linry who is, you know, very dead set on wanting to make an impact in life because her time is very limited. So she needs to make, you know, as big of an impact as quickly as possible because time is running out for her. And then you also have the character of Quincy who conversely is kind of a go with the flow, do spontaneous things, do what you want, do what you love, like just be happy. And I don't know, I think this story just really connected with me, I would say even more so than other, like than maybe even Finding Paradise's story in a way, only because, yeah, there is that internal conflict that I think that is very human of like, how serious do you need to take life in order for it to be fulfilling versus like, when should you break free and have fun? Um, yeah, like what's, what's it, what are you actually and, here for? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's like, I, I myself don't have a terminal illness. However, like you, I still try to think about how can I balance it where I can make an impact while also trying to like, not waste away my 20s and 30s like grinding you know grinding for the money you know hustling mm -hmm. for cash like etc um <laughs> sorry that's so funny to me it's just like an image of you know, just like sitting there being like like i don't know what it is but it's like somehow like on the street like trading some shit you know what i mean like yo i'll give you 20 for this hustling. and you can yeah hustling yeah. you know what i mean hustling, yeah. i like that yeah so yeah you're right stop doing that i mean do it some but, you know, only the right to this amount for your life. Yeah. Zoe, be as much of a hustler as you want to be. Yeah, but not more, though. <laughs> not more, but not less. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just join an MLM. Hey, hon, <laughs> $25 a month. You, too, could join my party. For only $500 oh, a month, you can all excommunicate me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real MLM. Yo, I'll stop. I'll literally unfriend you on Facebook if you just subscribe to my shit for one year. <laughs> <laughs> I'll literally not post in your feed for that. You know what I mean? I'll literally go. I won't even say, I won't even make it awkward. It'll be like fucking the, you know, the high school reunion shit. I won't even talk to you. One year. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Pretty good. People would be like, no, thank you. I'll just unfriend you right now. I know. Unfortunately, social media platforms gave you the tools to protect yourself from that person. Now their business model's fucked. It's sad. <laughs> no, but yeah, like, ah, oh, dude, yeah. That, uh, dude, I, it's like a, it's still a beautiful game, man. And it Yeah, I feel like that Okay, here's here's my over sorry, McCoy, did you want to finish your thought? Nah, fuck that. We all good. Okay, great. Here's my overall <laughs> or overarching, like maybe hypothesis about this game. Is I think that like that murder mystery beginning that was so different from the other games was very intriguing and very interesting. I was like, ooh, what's this? Um and then you kind of like step through that doorway basically and you play out the vignette you're and i think essentially you're like ah yes this is a free bird game now like once you step into the lavender field and you kind of realize what's going on and you go through linry's life i feel like you're like oh yeah okay this is what i'm used to this is a free bird game with kind of some some tweaks to it 
that, you know, it's linear now. You don't really have to search for those memory orbs. They're essentially just given to you as you, like, walk through these vignettes. I mean, this one, I, I think the middle section of this game in particular felt, felt less gamey somehow to me than the other ones and more like mm-hmm. watching a movie of someone's life. Um, mm-hmm. But I think where it... Where I, and I think that that middle story is really beautiful and, like, everything you would sort of expect from a Freebird game. Like, it's very poignant. It's very beautiful. It makes you think about some large aspect of life and how we spend our time on Earth. Like, that's all there. Um, and then, but for me, it was sort of like that that ending bit. The last, I don't know, probably it's a very short game. Like, less than an hour, 30 to 45 minutes of the game where they kind of had to, like, sort of suddenly... I don't know if it was suddenly, but it felt sudden to me. Like, they were just like, okay, we got to wrap everything up. We got to put Neil in here. We got to put Ava in here. We got to put Sigmund Corp in here. We got to finish this story. Um, and that's where, I I don't know, for some reason, that part of the game for me didn't land. It felt just sort of rushed. And it felt like almost like it didn't quite make sense to me. It felt like more like they had, like, stuck it together with a glue. Then it was like, I think the other games did such an amazing job of just sort of like unfolding and having these reveals that were like, oh my God, that totally makes sense. Like, oh, she just wanted to, like, he just wants to go to the moon because that's where she is. Or like all, like those types of moments where it all tied together and made sense. I think the wrap up of this series to me felt more like shove it all in here a little bit. Like, oh yeah, it's Neil's the baby. Done. I mean, it almost felt. I don't know. That's like a. It's a short and cruel way of saying it, but that's like kind of how. That's why I think this one didn't quite land for me because that I was hoping that ending part would really like have that same feeling of wrapping it up in this way that suddenly made sense. I don't know. No, I I I think that makes sense a lot because like the more like dude, because what I'm hearing is like at at, okay like James didn't play the game, but like Zoe and Raphael Mm -hmm. right like like this story like resounded to them and like at least like a meaningful way and potentially like a more meaningful way than like other games and that to me is like already then it's a worth it's worth it to tell the story right Mm -hmm. it already has this innate value i think to me like i just was i think yeah the beginning and the end were so different than the middle and that i think i was expecting a something more from the series it felt like they were avengering this avengersing the series where you sit there and you just go like all right, we were doing normal shit, but now we're saving the universe. It's like when they were setting up like all this crazy weird, Neil's making his own machine, he's doing his other weird shit, and they do kind of resolve that here, but it felt like they actually wanted to tell that story in the middle, and that other stuff was like, it's there, but it's it's not the focus, where I feel like I thought they could have taken it as the focus of this and gone in a totally different direction where they didn't even need to have, like, exactly the formula that this series has always had which is like the sad story and then like you cry at the end like and maybe they're just like no actually like this is what we do this is what we make we make stories like this yeah i didn't have any problem with the sad story you cry at the end but i just i don't know i'm curious for zoe and Raphael. like did you guys feel like the the neil and ava and sigmund corp sort of like rap in did did you find that that like landed for you those beats of the story it it makes sense however and i i feel like you know this is always like the eye roll the answer but like i think it makes even more of an impact and more sense if you played the mini sodes mm-hmm. um on top of it 
um, only because in one of the minisodes, it does it very briefly, but it does make a point in saying that Neil and Eva are addicted to their jobs because they like helping people, but also they themselves are using the mind things as a way to escape from the real life and start like living into these like living virtual reality lives. So like one of the minisodes is Ava enjoying Christmas with her family, but there's a brief flash that shows Ava alone in her apartment with the headset on. Mm -hmm to show that this Christmas scene of her family coming and visiting her and her spending Christmas with, you know, like, it's all a farce. Hmm. Um, and so, and, and it, you know, throughout the minisodes, Neil is also, like, really trying hard to get this program up and running. And it's, you know, revealed in Imposter Factory that it is this, you know, simulation testing to, you know, go into his mother's life and see, like, everything his mother left behind um and so i think that just really played into that obsessive nature of wanting to live this virtual reality life about how this future with ava at the end of imposter factory it's not mm -hmm. real it's all a fabrication that neil is living out in this fabricated world that he is just so obsessively trying to delve into and keeps going back to um and so like i think it just kind of i guess it just hit differently with that context in mind of like okay this is this is his obsessive life's work and is that okay is that sad like you know yeah. it does make me feel very sympathetic for him because it's like he's just trying so hard to like he, he wants so badly to understand his mother's life that he like gets a job and spends ridiculous hours and he avoids his father and he just sleeps and lives and breathes at work pretty much that's all he ever does and it's solely for this one purpose and to live a life that actually isn't real um so i think like with that context it was just a little bit more like of an oof moment mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what it fucking is, dude? I'm telling you. So why didn't they put that part into the game, too? I mean, they did as mini-sodes, I guess. And, and every time you play <laughs> like, these games, they, like, show the timeline, and they're, like, mini-sodes, and you sit there going, like, fuck. <laughs> like. Yeah, but, like, mm -hmm. but, like, I mean, they did as mini-sodes, but, like, that's not the game. That's, like, an extra that you can play if you want, right? Yeah, I think... I mean, I guess it depends on how you work. Like, I, I feel like that's the way... Bird story? I, I just see it as, like, DLC, really. Yeah. Like, because also, additionally, what Sigmund Corp... What they do with the Sigmund Corp series that I actually haven't done either is that they also do, like, a webcomic after each game. Like, I haven't read the To the Moon, Finding Paradise, or the Imposter Factory webcomic after... Mm -hmm. But apparently it even goes like even further into the story with those web comics as well, <laughs> according to the Reddit. But like I think it's I think it's honestly just a question that I think a lot of games pose is like when a game presents something as DLC or something as additional content that adds to the story in such a impactful way, then you start asking, Okay, well, why wasn't this part of the regular game? Yeah. Like the one that comes to mind for me 
um i mean there's like bioshock burial at mm-hmm. sea That's what I was in a thinking. way i can yeah. understand like that one is one where it's like okay why is that dlc and not just like another bioshock game or even just like a part of infinite um and then you know there's also like a lot of like mass effect has a ton of dlc but like some of the dlc is so pivotal story-wise that it like actually bleeds into the story of like the next game in the franchise in some Mm -hmm. aspects so it's like okay well why was that dlc someone could easily play that and not realize what's happening and i don't really know like i i guess i don't have an answer for that um but yeah it's definitely not i guess unheard of games do this is this okay is this unfair hear me out with this literally since we played this game i've been thinking about the story and thinking about how it all fits together and you were giving me more context right there about the minisodes and i've been thinking about that and all of this thinking i've done has been really satisfying i like i think it's really cool it's like well written it it, it Mm -hmm. actually fits together really well it's really something about this game for me just didn't land and maybe that's just maybe that's the way it is maybe it just missed me Mm -hmm. to be honest because this sounds cool to me like yeah. ultimately, right? Like, I think that's pretty rad. So I don't know. Um, maybe that's just the way it is. But yeah. Raphael, what did you think about? Like, how did you feel about the sort of like wrap up section of this game? Um. I. I guess I don't think that much about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. To me, it wasn't very interesting, and as, as I said, like it, it kind of sapped its own meaning away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, un- understanding like the content of the minisodes, as Zoe was talking about, like it makes a bit more sense what was in it, but a lot of it felt pretty empty to me. I mean, I guess with the context, it's supposed to feel empty, hmm. but. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But 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 that's reasonable. But, but wait, follow up question to that though. Like outside of like, all right, like fuck my whole like critique and uh, apparently just inability to fucking understand the story. But like the part that landed for you, Raphael, talk about that more. Like you cried to this game, bro. That's powerful. Like what was it was was it Linry's story that just like was it? I mean. Yeah, it was like when everything went wrong with her decision to, um get treated before having her child mm-hmm. yeah mm. and what was it about that was it that like she made the wrong choice or was it just the fact that life just put her in a bind that no one could win or what um i'm not sure that i can really unpack why i mean it, it, it can just be sad like it i don't know yeah. <laughs> i think that McCoy, like i think if you had asked us the same question about the previous game which really hit the two of us hard like i don't know if i could pinpoint in that game like why i was so upset i think that something that freebird does really well is like they just tell really relatable incredibly sad stories hmm. that i think you can i mean we talked about last week that you can very easily see yourself in if you've had anything that like i just think they're i mean really, i saw Raphael in this story that's what i'm saying i think they're just really relatable and so i don't necessarily think that there are there are stories that you're supposed to be able to like pinpoint the exact thing that was like really it they're just they they're it they're just impactful stories and when they're told well and you see them in your like soul you know like when you when you soul bond with the story mm-hmm. they just hit and i don't i don't know i i don't know if 
it's the kind of so, thing you unpack as deeply as i don't know sorry go ahead Royal. i think i actually do understand a little bit of why it resonates with me i guess and and part of it is like i mean i had some frustrations with my family growing up and it's like I, I I don't want like a family member to be listening to this being like, oh my god, Raphael. <laughs> <Like, laughs> it's it's nothing like that bad, but like you know, everybody. Sure. I I think as an adult, I understand a lot more like what my parents were going through and the constraints that they were under, and uh, like they were just doing their best, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like what you see in this story too. Like they're just trying to make the best decisions they can with the limited information and time they have, and things go wrong and it's not always the best for for them or for the kid and i i guess i i see that a little bit in my own life and my family mm. so mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and that's that's comp i mean that's life right like and so it's just like that and that's what Elena's saying, right? Like th- that's what these motherfuckers come here to do, <laughs> is show us something that you just draw parallels to in your own life. And like, it's crazy that such a Freebird th- games are not a substitute for therapy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we need the soundboard back. Where's our go to therapy clip? Go to therapy, <laughs> dude. That was a controversial clip when it first came up. We were like, "Do we really want Claire to just be saying go to therapy over and over again?" And I was like, "I, I do." Like yes, I do. Of, yeah. I think, yeah, and I think that now, what is it? We're like a year or two later. I feel like it's even more kosher now to just just say everyone should go to therapy all the time. Like, that's very much the world that we live in right now. It's just like, go to therapy. Mm-hmm. I think it really works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Claire was prescient. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Ahead cutting of our edge, time. Cutting edge Claire. So, cutting edge Claire. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think, to me, like, that's where the strength of this game lies. Okay, wait, hold still. on, hold on. Can I okay. say, you don't, this is not a replacement for therapy, but I actually do think it yeah, helps right. with uh, creating introspective, introspective moments. I think we've talked about that along this block. Listening to our podcast or what, playing this game? Both. Good answer, I was going to go with the game. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, no, but I think we've talked about that. How, like, I mean, I think ultimately that's one of the things that Zoe said she really enjoys about these games is that it creates, like, almost meditative moments around, mm-hmm. like, your life and, and stuff like that. And I, 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 I do think that is one of the large values of this series and of this, of this everything. And I agree. And it's, I think it's really cool to hear that, like, different games hit different people and stuff like that. And it, I I think that means if you tie a sort of a thread through all of it, it's like all of the games have hit someone at some point in some way. Mm-hmm. And so that I think that means they're all valuable in their own way. Right? It's like a pretty beautiful thing, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all I was going to say is that I think that this game, to me, like, really, I think that the strength of this game was in Lin Rhee's story and was in that, like, very, I guess, quintessential Freebird sad storytelling, which they're just really, really masterful at. Um, and that the sort of, like, outside trappings of it, the the beginning I thought was super cool, but then I was disappointed how it wrapped up. And then I think, like, the, the how they wrapped up the whole series, I think, to me, that's, like, kind of where I was like, mm, I don't know about this, but... That middle section is like still very, it's very Freebird Games. It's very strong. I think 
the part of the ending that actually did land a little bit for me was the the part where they're like actually in real life you made the opposite decision mm-hmm. and in fact all of this is happening because your son did grow up and she was like oh my god i'm so thankful that like mm-hmm. i didn't screw up this way yeah. <laughs> yeah that she regretted her whole like virtual life mm-hmm. in that way yeah it's oh yeah but see that's me that was a free bird moment mm-hmm. yeah mm. was the free bird moment where the kid was like I lied about the lavender and then I'm just sitting there like potentially too dense to understand what's going on narratively. Like, wait, you lied about being a star looking at the, I don't even think I like this lavender inclusion in this. I don't understand. I'm going to need to read the cliff notes. Like, no, you got confused by that. part. Do you, do you you still not get it? I mean, I enlighten me. That's, that's a yes. That's as, no. As the person who did not play this game, uh, please enlighten me. Oh, thank God. Okay, so, okay, so the scene is like, uh, well, I guess, okay, background. She goes on a school field trip to this, like, lavender field, and she's having a great time. She's, like, running around, and the teacher's like, stop running. And then she collapses because she has some medical condition. I see. Yeah. Uh, and then she's like, oh, no, I don't know if I'm going to get to go on field trips again. Uh, and her dad's like, what if we just, like, go out to the lavender field, lavender field right now with, like, a telescope or something? And it's because it's, it's at nighttime. And she's really excited, and they go, and they have this, like, incredible bonding moment. And one of the things he says is, like, uh, well, they, they talk about, like, the stars, and they talk about the lavender. And I don't remember exactly how it comes up, but uh, the question is posed, like, would you rather be the stars of the lavender or something? Yeah, yep. basically. And she says, I would I would want to be a star uh, so that I could provide light for everybody to see the, the lavender and how wonderful it is. Mm-hmm. And so then later, uh, she's kind of like thinking about recreating this moment with her son and her father, who's still alive. Uh, and... They, they they discuss it again, and she says, well, you know, I actually lied. I, I actually wanted to be the lavender. Um, but I thought that, like, what you wanted to hear, like, I or I th- mm-hmm. what you slash what society wanted to hear was that I wanted to be the star. And, it- and so this is echoing her entire, like, life trajectory of, like, the the trade-off between doing things for yourself versus doing things for the good of society. Okay. Mm. And, and that's directly related to her pursuing a mark on the world versus enjoying her own life. Yeah. Cause I think yeah. she right. says, yeah. she says that she feels like she needs to be doing something because of the limited time that she has, that she needs to be, know she needs to be the smartest she needs to be the best like she need, and i think you know there was like when her dad was talking to her about it when she was little there was some some not metaphor but like stars are super bright right like they have these really bright lights and they they oh, and they shine after they're and gone. they shine even after they're gone because they oh, were like really they're so out. incredible in life and she i think was really driven to like leave her mark because she knew she might have limited time and so she wanted to like make sure she left a, a mark that would shine brightly even after she was gone but really she just wanted to be like another one of the lavenders 
she wanted to be like a normal kid, you know, or like just like doing the things that do doing lavender stuff that made her happy. This really like this is kind of deep, bro. Yeah, no, I'm surprised uh, you didn't get it the first time. It was, it was really it was a good <laughs> metaphor. You know what it is, dude? It's like honestly, like I hate to be this way, but like I'm kind of illiterate. Like I I struggle to actually like read well an entire story like this in text boxes on a on a TV. It just feels mm-hmm. weird to me. If it was a book, I could probably do it. But I feel like I'm probably like the worst person to connect with something like this, like no voice acting, like all stuff. Wait, if like, they had like mm-hmm. really shitty voice acting and like only hinted at it though in like a strange like French film type of way, you'd be right in there though, right? <clears throat> um, <laughs> I don't. McCoy yes? does like his artsy French. I, I don't. Yeah. No, it's just like to me. It's like this entire game is just a giant Pokemon dialogue field, and mm-hmm. that's just me. Um, but no, cool. Like that. That actually makes a. That's what I mean. You guys, like the more I think about this, the more it like really makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Huh. It's just the way that it was told didn't work for you. It just didn't work. Yeah, and I apparently I just won't shut the fuck up about it. I'm glad I aired my public ignorance though, so people that are listening can recognize that if you understood this better than me, you are allowed to enjoy this more than me. <laughs> God damn. Okay. I mean, that's the thing is that like sometimes the medium or the way that they choose to tell it doesn't work for people. You know. <laughs> yeah. And I like that's okay. It's not great, but. Um, I I think I think that uh that that's happened in a in a number of different games that we've played where it just like doesn't the the story doesn't get through because of the medium or the or the choices that they've made. Um, yeah, and then also but, like this game, like all the games we've played, like are they really personal to like they hit different people in different ways at different times or because of different factors? Um, yeah, and it's just yeah. There's no right or wrong answer to these games. Cool. Well, enough about my ignorance then. Anything else people want to jump on in this? Anything? Let's also, talk about McCoy's ignorance. I, okay, <laughs> all right. Let's get right back in there. I, know, I was, I was going to ask about the cringe, though. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like, we, we kind of briefly touched on it a little bit. But, I mean, this game had, like, I, I, I wouldn't call it cringe, but it definitely had its, I would say, like, internet moments yeah. he protect, to it, i bro. guess he you know yep he protect he attack you know but he run away when real threats mm-hmm. come and then he like grows cat. like a fucking thing straight out of elden ring <laughs> there's like some enemies in elden ring that grow like that and i'm like mm-hmm. what the fuck that's when i started to question my own reality like maybe i just live in elden ring and this is all fake <laughs> but yeah, yeah yeah no 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 fair it yeah yeah like I, I don't know. It's less cringy, but then it, like, is on the occasion cringy. And I don't know. Like, the cat with fighting gloves? Why is it here? Okay. Sure, why not? <laughs> what about Rice Spot? Did you like no. Rice Spot? Oh, my God. No. Raphael, did you like Rice Spot? Uh. Yes, I called it. We met Rice Spot, and I was like, Raphael is so fucking excited about this character. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. was, I don't know. For the record, I also enjoyed Rice Bat, but I was like, I my love will be nothing compared to Raphael's love for this character. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was like beautiful the moment where he's like, Yes, I make rice, but I also offer like I don't know, emotional therapy support. wasn't the word he used, but like emotional yeah. support. Yeah. Yep. And then he's like he tells him a problem. He's like, Well, 
Would rice solve it? <laughs> <laughs> it's worth a fucking shot, bro. Yeah. James, honestly, <laughs> you should just watch a playthrough of this just for the rice bot. <laughs> James yeah. would so also He, he offers this. emotional support if and only if rice will help. Yep. Yeah. 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 Well, no, I mean, he, he hears you out, but all he can actually offer is rice. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And apparently it's fucking dope rice, too. Yeah, apparently it's like the greatest yeah. rice anyone's ever had. You know, that shit to me is like, I, I want to say like the rice pot portion. It's like, it's not my favorite shit ever, but like, it's nothing like the cringe this series has had, bro. It's like, it's super reasonable in comparison. You know what I'm saying? Like, like this is just like a funny, weird element. You know what I mean? Where like shit's just going weird on the side. That's not cringe. That's hilarious. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say it's hilarious, but it's like at least I'm smiling. Whereas like the cringe stuff, it's like, it's like people around me are like happy that I'm like frustrated. Like I'm like, you know, it's like my nails are digging into the fucking armrests. You know what I mean? It wasn't like that. I don't Mm -hmm. think it was that much in this game that was like that. And I I appreciate that. Yeah. This game I, I thought was way less cringy. Does anybody disagree with that? No way. No, I mean, I, I I would say it's, like, on par, probably, with I've, what I've seen, like, with the other games. Like, also, like, this game has, like, 80% less Neil in it. Right. So, mm-hmm. it's, like, <laughs> they got, they have to find their humor in other aspects, I suppose, in that regard. And, like, the Neil that they portray here, I mean, they don't really, like, talk much. It's not like he's not getting center stage, but he's, like... He's, like, totally, like, realized as a person and not this, like, facade... And then if you said to me, mm-hmm. hey, all that cringe is actually there because Neil's trying to deflect against what he's actually feeling, which is this large, you know, like complicated existence mm-hmm. that's going to be, you know, talked about in the third game, then like that sounds fucking reasonable to me, but I still wish. <laughs> that <laughs> he had I mean? not been like that. <laughs> yeah. But that sounds reasonable to me. Like there's some real cohesiveness with the way all these games and the minisodes allegedly asterisk work together. Like they've, I dude, I really would like, does anybody know if there's like interview content about like how this was made? Like, did they did they know about this whole arc like before? Like, what came natural? Because it it's pretty cohesive. I mean, yeah. I mean, considering that they were already planting a lot of that story within like the first mini sode that was released shortly after To the Moon. So like, this has been, I guess, a goal for them storyline wise to tell at least on the sigmund corpse side i don't know if like the specifics of linary's life was like predetermined at that point but i definitely think they like wanted one of the sigmund corp employees to have like a darker backstory into like why they are in the job in the first place yeah at least I think yeah, so. No, I don't, I don't know. know. We'll have to ask. We'll have to ask Congo, I guess. Yeah, we'll have him on our next podcast. Like so, Congo, if you're out there and listening, you can write in at tyrannyofthumbs at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, I will also opt to not be on the episode if you choose that. If you want that. If you want me not there as the largest critique uh, or critic of cringe, I will choose to not be there if you want. That That's that's on the table. I said that really terribly. But that's another reason why I shouldn't be on the podcast. Um, but yeah, like... <laughs> I'll edit it though. What if what if I edit in? Oh no, that's everyone's nightmare, yourself. right? Like you don't want to go on some random motherfucker's podcast because then like some vindictive editor asshole is gonna like make you look bad. Yeah, yeah. I did a really good solve yeah. for this one. So if you're out there, try. Uh, we we won't do that. We promise. Um, 
<laughs> we've never had a guest, but I swear the rule should be. We've never. Well, we've had we've had guests we we know, but we've never had like a guest we don't. Right. Know. We've had friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. We've had friends, right? But like, I think the rule is, and I don't know about this, but I feel like the rule is if you have like a legitimate guest, then you should like. I guess like how do you do this production? Kick one? McCoy. Kick McCoy, right? We've, is that the rule? Yeah, that's been um, that's been voted guest. before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was some uh, there was some him or the highway situations that some people chose early and the highway just treated them well. Um, but yeah, like I get no. Here's what I'm saying though. Like, what do people actually do about this? Have you guys ever thought about this? Like from a production standpoint, like if you were running a podcast and you have like a guest, a lot of people just post immediately. You know what I mean? But like, I think the rule should be like let the guest edit what they want if they need listen to the podcast yeah like feel comfortable with it yeah that's just kind of what makes sense to me yeah. but like you guys have seen these release cycles these motherfuckers are on they're like I mean, but the people are live also... streaming this shit you know yeah have we done that for any of our guests no if they want but to they don't them. deserve it but i think the point is like they're <laughs> um... there like you're they're there while you record it and if they say something they say their home address they could immediately afterwards be like yo could you edit out the part where i say my home address mm-hmm and then you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what would... I don't know. It's just interesting because, yeah, doxing is one thing. But, like, you know what I mean? I think, like, creatively you want to, like, allow people to, like, have a bit of say. if they're Because, like... I think people know what they're getting well, into if they're going on to, like, a live show. Hmm. I, I mean, you, you'd hope so. But, um, you know, the Eric Andre show? Yeah. Uh, which airs on television, uh... Almost none of their guests in the first three, four seasons had any idea what was going on. Um, and they had real celebrities on. And then they tortured real celebrities on camera. So, I mean, there's certainly, uh, you know, variances in the way that these things get checked. But, um,. I don't know. That's not a ringing endorsement for our podcast, is it? Um, no, I think. Um, <laughs> is Eric Andre the show where the, a... the guy shot the other guy? Like in yeah. front of the guest? Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, and but that and that didn't happen, but whatever. And then also he would just like get naked occasionally or um, like actually like physically attack people yeah a lot of weird shit w- went on on that show um okay we will not do that on the tyranny of thumbs we can't promise that because we are remote <laughs> i'm actually naked right now he's not <laughs> he's not no i don't know it's just you guys have you ever thought about that i don't i don't i don't foresee any time soon if not Maybe any time in our existence before I, we... I don't think that that will be an issue, but also, like... Yeah, we. I mean, we can talk about it, yeah. but... It, it, I can't wait for Gabe to guest on this podcast and ask McCoy, like, okay, so we strip yeah. it down? <laughs> Gabe would pull a full <laughs> Eric Andre show on me. Like, I just feel like that's what Gabe would do, right? Yeah. Holy fuck. <sighs> no, it's it's weird. Like, <clears throat> I just... I, th- I think about that weird shit now, like... Because, guys, we run a fucking amateur-ass podcast, and then we get to say things like, yeah, we're on a podcast. and like, oh, shit, is it a big one? And you're like, no. Um, <laughs> and that's just, like, the way that I always answer with, like, it's bigger than you think, but it's – or no, it's, like, it's smaller – wait, 
fuck, I had a good answer for this. It was like, and apparently I don't always answer <laughs> yeah, this way because I can't now. fucking. No, 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 no. It was something like it's bigger than you think, but smaller than you'd hope, or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, something. Yeah, I think that's your answer. Fuck, man, something clever like that. But the point is, like, dude, it's made me think about all these like weird things of like, what would happen if we actually did have like a developer guest? Because my guess is right. Like right now, we're totally like on our own. You always we... need Elena to come out and be like, "That's true." Um, whenever you say that. <clears throat> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't she need to be on my side? Yep. I need to be fact checking. <laughs> oh, I see. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I always think about that stuff. Like, what would it be like to have a guest? Because right now we're totally impartial. Because like, whatever, we're just sitting here vibing, talking whatever shit. Like, hot takes are getting flown. The second a developer comes on here, we fucking love your game. It's just all gold <laughs> stars. We just all fold. Like, you know what I mean? All integrity is gone. I love. I'll. Pl- I've always played your games. You know what I mean? Guess it'd be awkward. Yeah. But also. I think it'd be really interesting to have a conversation with somebody like Kongao who we have like very different, like all of us have had very different experiences with his games. Right. Um, yeah. And like, I kind of hate the engine, but I respect the storytelling, <laughs> you know? And, um, but like, I, I, I do kind of bounce off and like struggle to get into the storytelling of these games. And like, McCoy hates the humor um and you know there's all these different things that we can talk about because of that but I I think that it would be interesting to have a respectful conversation with that person and it would be you know a perfectly interesting viable conversation to have like I don't I don't think that that we would necessarily you know succumb to uh bootlicking in a situation like that like i don't think we'd like say that was fucking terrible and i hate it you know quite as much but right but it wouldn't go yeah. all the way yeah i agree i think that would be interesting mm-hmm. we could pl- like yeah. we could do like a bit of role play i could get a friend of mine that you guys have never met and i could just tell you guys that it's a developer <laughs> <laughs> and we just like so we just play this out that's nothing disrespectful about that's that like, right? probably somehow elite like i think we could get sued for that i'm like pretty sure i don't know if it's libel uh, or if it's like impersonating but like it's probably something what if it's just it me? might be fun though what if it's just me and a mustache and i just do nothing to change <laughs> my also, voice like no one else would see you mccoy podcast. no one would know that that's you're what wearing I'm a mustache saying, but, but i know <laughs> you know that you're wearing a mustache <laughs> all right well, that's a bad idea oh uh, so well. Should we rate this game? Sure. Yeah, I think we're there. Unless anybody else has any other comments. I would just say that you um, can. This is maybe the first one of these games that I would say you could seriously watch a playthrough on YouTube of. I would just be careful to watch a playthrough that, like, doesn't just, like, speed run the game exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like, it's easy to mash through this game. And I feel like you really need to, like... It's like an it's like an action timing puzzle. Like you gotta like hit the dialogue like in the right pacing. Mm-hmm. So be very careful watching other people do it. Um, I say this because, like we, like towards the end of our playthrough, we're like considering like oh like I wonder what it would be like to watch someone like could we watch it in bed like that'd be kind of interesting like could we, and it was interesting but I was like sitting there going like. This guy's fucking lightning at reading. And maybe I'm just slow. Yeah, you're... <laughs> well, I shouldn't have laughed like that. I feel like that really confirmed that you're a slow reader. <laughs> no, it's like I mostly read it fast it's enough. So you, know, you know what I'm saying? It's so true that only because um, 
And I'm only mentioning this because someone on the Instagram had asked about a YouTube recommendation that I made uh, for Prey with Joseph Anderson. And it got me thinking. So I was like going on his YouTube and he has a second channel of live streams. And so he had a live stream of uh, Outer Wilds that he actually did like fairly recently, like as of like a couple months ago. So I was like, oh, I'll watch him play Outer Wilds for the first time. This is great. Oh my God, Joseph Anderson reads so fast. And he just like, he just blurs through all the text and it's infuriating sometimes because he'll just like breeze through and know my writing and he'll be like, yeah, I don't know what this means. Whatever. Let's go explore. And I'm like, but wait, there's a clue. Like, go yeah. back. It sounds like maybe he's not reading. Yeah, he yeah. might not be reading as fast as he thinks he is. Well, because like sometimes I can read as fast as these people. Oftentimes I can't, but I can never actually feel the impact of the epicness mm-hmm. at that speed. That's why, like, right. dude, for fucking Finding Paradise, Elena and I were crying like fucking babies because I was hitting <laughs> that shit so clean timing. Like, bam, line. Oh, it's sitting. To the piano yep. chord, yep. you know? P- piano chord. And I'm letting all <laughs> the reverberations from that chord just, like, come out before I'm hitting the next line. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. then I, as a result, I am crying, <laughs> unfortunately. But, you know. Well, you did it to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's all I wanted to say, though, was just that, like, yeah, you could totally do this because it's so much more linear. But at the same time, like, do, do, I don't know, slow it down, maybe? There's also, okay, 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 one more point. This was really important, and I'm actually ashamed that I didn't mention earlier, and I'm not going to blame everyone else here, but I'm just saying a little bit. I mean, it's like a little bit against your social credit store. There's a sprint function in this game. (laughs) There is a sprint function. And it's hilarious. Yes. And all the, like, all the fucking AI and stuff, they used it so much. Like, like, all the characters are, like, running around and doing shit, and it's just hilarious. It's joyous. There's sprint. It's I I loved the sprint. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's all. (laughs) Because definitely, like, when you had to backtrack in the other games... The like slow walking was pretty torturous. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I actually it, it it's so fast and so reasonable that I actually wasn't sprinting everywhere just because I recognized like it fits in some places and other places it's kind of like ridiculous. Like if you sprint down some down some of those hallways with all like the vignettes, you that that's way too fast for, for me to, to mm-hmm. comprehend. So I definitely like, would slow down and like look at some of those. But the fact that it is there is awesome. So shout out to that. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Great. Uh, yeah, done. That. Okay. I'd like to remind the podcast people that Zoe has to rate last because mm-hmm. this is her block. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Okay. Okay. I mean, maybe we should amend that rule to the person who uh, chose the game gets to rate it at the time of their choosing. Yeah. Mm. I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And who knows whose system you're using? That could be Raphael's new system that you're using. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah absolutely. Okay. Then who goes first? I'll go first again. All right. That feels uh, like it. I rate this game two thumbs down. Wow. Because uh, I didn't play it. So um, it was bad. That makes sense. Um, yeah, no, I'm. I abstain. Suck it, Kong Gal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, suck it, Kong Gal. Come on for a respectful debate. No. <laughs> Come on for a respectful debate, and then I will dunk on you uh, with inappropriate arguments. Um, so there. Great. Yeah. I don't like right. the way your story landed because I didn't even open the game. Exactly. <laughs> How do you fucking combat that? That's what I'm talking about. Exactly. Um, that's impossible. Okay, nice. James, pick the next person. Pass the baton. 
and I just also want to say I'm sorry. I'm feeling better. I can now play video games. Yo, um, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, next up is Raphael. Okay. Okay, so let's see. I think... Well, well it's, it's kind of a, a mixed bag relative to the other two games which i mean both of them i gave two thumbs up so i don't think it is sufficiently different from them to to warrant a, a different rating in terms of quality while like yeah we talked about how the ending uh wasn't that impactful like the middle section really did like it made me feel things and anything that any game that can do that deserves at least two thumbs mm-hmm. um I, I i'm considering like does something that makes me cry also deserve a gold star and hmm, that is a difficult it's question tough, right mm-hmm. i think i think i'm gonna say no actually um because all of the all, almost all of the criticisms I had of the previous games also apply and Yeah, I'm going to give it two thumbs. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's tough, right? Uh, Fair enough. Cuz like dude, like some people like when they talk about review scores, they talk about like flaws of the game take the review down. Like if it's not a flawless game, it can't be the highest score totally reasonable way of approaching that and other people are like if the heights reach a certain amount then it's undeniable and therefore it kind of forgives it and so it's all personal whatever you choose yeah i mean i'm, mm-hmm. I'm somewhere in the middle on that um i think it depends on like what types of detractors were there and how like manageable were they so i think like by the third game a lot of the criticism i had about the engine like they've either and they've definitely smoothed it out a bit with imposter factory um i i noticed a like sprint button was really nice i noticed there are a lot fewer like random objects that would block your path Mm -hmm. um a lot of the like flowers and stuff in previous games that would block you uh you could walk over and instead it would make like a nice like plants rustling sound um but i think like uh all of that, like, e- even if it were just as as uh, bad as the previous games, like, at this point, I'm used to it. And it's something, once once you sort of learn how to work around it, it's no longer an issue. I think we talked about this a bit with Elden Ring as well. Like, a lot of the, the criticisms I had about the game were, like, knowledge barrier things. And so once you learn how to navigate it, it's no longer a problem mm-hmm. anymore. And so I think issues like that don't really detract from a rating for me. um yeah but anyway so i gave it two thumbs and i should pass it i will pass it to elena great i am also gonna give this game two thumbs i feel like for me the other two games i gave gold stars to the moon and finding paradise for me were like i i yeah um this one just didn't quite hit the same heights for me for whatever reason it didn't have the same emotional impact and that I mean, who knows? Like, just maybe I didn't relate to this character as much. 
Um, maybe it was the linear pacing. And I think that where I found this one to be lacking in particular was just um, kind of the, the overall package. And I said it all previous in the podcast. So I'm not going to go like super back into it. But I think that like the classic Freebird Games has story section of this game is really good and still um, really highlights their um, just knack for really incredible storytelling. But the the ending to me didn't just didn't do it for me and it didn't wrap up the series in a way that I was like fulfilled by um that's it two thumbs up still good it's very short you still play it but not the same heights for me as the previous game so I'm now gonna pass it to McCoy something worth worth noting is that I wouldn't say it's necessary necessarily that this is wrapping up the series they had that question mark at the end. Sure, they did have a question mark. No, I just, I think mm-hmm. that's like a, yeah. That's true. And I really think the way that they, they wrote this and the way that they really didn't actually approach a lot of the sort of like Avengers Endgame sort of storylines that they created here, they, they they touched on them, but very briefly. Like, I feel like it really does still create more space Maybe. for more games. Um, but whatever. Um, okay. For me, it's probably... I think it's gonna be a one thumb which then just makes me super conflicted because like to the moon was rated one thumb by me which i like have to stand by because apparently like i felt that way at the time but then like i also cried at that game so what the fuck am i talking about and i feel like i feel like i'm just in a mess of inconsistency when it comes to these series and these games and that's because they really are just all over the place for me but but they go places they're all over the place but they go places and that's awesome um this game, I think it's yeah, I just didn't it just didn't land as much for me, and I don't know if like we talked a little bit about that, um, but at the same time, the fact that it landed for other people makes makes me really excited about this for other, for other people's experiences. Like, go out and enjoy this game. Don't let me stop you from doing that. Um, I I still want more. I still want to see more. I I wonder if I don't know if this will ever happen to me, but if I play all these games again sometime in the future sometime in the far distant future, like how this will land mm-hmm. potentially differently. And I may regret this, but for the moment, that's where it was. And, um, still though, there's a lot of fucking talent going on in this game that a triple A games could fucking use an ounce of dude. You know what I'm saying? Like the <laughs> whole series is like, God, there's soul here. Maybe I, maybe I was like sitting there like, I feel like I'm nitpicking soul. You know, this one just didn't quite resonate with me. Whereas like, dude, yeah, AAA games is like, there's no nitpicking. It's just like suffering for the most part. So I just feel like this game still has a lot of vision, has a lot of soul, has a lot of character. It doesn't necessarily all agree with me, but it's it's something that if it agrees with you, and if you're someone who's even like remotely curious, like, I don't know, it sounds like something might be up your alley, like if you're feeling that way, like you're already the demographic for this game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so try it and enjoy it. Um, yeah, one thumb. And then I'll give the floor to the person who actually knows the answer which is zoe (laughs) (laughs) actually Mm -hmm. knows the answer no i mean i think for me like all of these games are undisputed two thumbs for me and and that's what i'm gonna give imposter factory as well um there i mean i have my own reservations for why i don't give these games gold stars and I don't know. And I think it's just because, like, gold star definitions are always... They always vary 
per person. And these games are just very well written written story games that are beautiful and moving and compelling in a lot of ways. Um, and yet, like, for me, it's just, like, perfect two-thumb territory. They're all varying degrees of two-thumbs, but, you know, I, I don't think that should short-sell, like, how good these games are. Um, like, personally, I connected... I'd say at the same level with this story as I did with the other games. Um, and like we said, like this is a whole game about varying degrees of connecting with like the human experience. And for everybody, that's just going to look different no matter what. Um, and I think that's just something quite beautiful. This, these games just really make me think they make me feel things. Um, and I don't know. It's also just really nice to have a nice, three to four hour experience of just experiencing something beautiful um, and then just having it left at that. Um, whether or not these games have replayability, like, I don't know if I'll go back and I'll play Finding Paradise or Imposter Factory again. You know, I honestly, maybe I won't. But like for where they exist right now in this moment, it's something very beautiful. Um, so I'm going to give it two thumbs, I think really fun game, like very different from the other games. Um, and I'll be very interested to see where they go with it. Yeah. Cause like you said, there was a whole, uh, this wasn't part three. This was part X of, of the, to the moon saga. So whatever that mm -hmm. means, right. I guess we'll, we'll have to figure out. I kind of want to read the web comics though. Cause I'm just very curious how much that puts into context you know more of the story for sure yeah the problem is dude talk about a medium i don't fucking engage with web comics <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah like i engaged with web comics a ton back in high school mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the only web comics i've ever seen was like in college when i was like sitting there and motherfuckers kept showing me that one about like that was like it started with like medieval or fucking fantasy or something and it just ended up being porn do you know what i'm saying I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, no. It's like, it's like, it's like, <laughs> oh, was this a, was this actually a late night drunken fucking excavate? Like, what, 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 what is this? No, 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 I, seriously. No, I you really guys fucking know. know this shit. Don't fucking play dumb, but it's not your fault. It's, I, I'm describing I it poorly is what it really is. But it's this fucking webcomic <laughs> that like what fucking Adam and James showed me all the time. And it was fucking like, it's like they like, I think it went political at some point in time, probably in the modern day, but it was just like constantly like fantasy like porn webcomic oh oh it's oglob yeah bro it's not it's it's comedy it's a comedy it's an extremely inappropriate comedy webcomic that's kind of porny <laughs> and kind of fanny <laughs> yeah for sure the more yeah. you know all right yeah We'll link it to the video. <laughs> we'll put it on the Instagram for that's this the week. Only, that's the only webcomic you ever had experience with? Wow. Pretty much. It was like that and like a little bit of XKCD Jeez. or something like that. XKCD, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, XQC. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was going to say, the only ones I really ever did was Saga, when Saga was like more of a, like, on a, on a webcomic basis. 
but then I also bought those books in print. I I guess I've done a bit more. I also really enjoy like Saturday morning breakfast breakfast cereal. Mm. Um, and a few other that were like story driven ones that I read for a while. I like Dick Tracy. <laughs> I feel like that missed all of us. I don't know what that is. <laughs> that that's like an actual like newspaper like comic that yeah. was like a saga every like Sunday morning or something and the comic lasted for like decades and nothing happened. Oh, it's like Naruto. Shots also... fired in Naruto. Sorry, okay. Um All right, well, we're going to get hate <laughs> it was, this It was week. like a yeah. It was it was following, you know, investigator Dick Tracy. So it's like that kind of like noir, uh-huh. kind of like 1940, but like nothing ever happened. It was always like the comic would always just be Dick Tracy being like, wow, here's a clue from this criminal. I guess we'll need to find out and then be like to be continued. Right, right. And right. then next week it's like, wow, we found this next clue from the criminal. That's Who the knows? job that I want <laughs> to you be guys. Continued. That sounds like a great gig. Oh, totally. Totally, totally, totally. Just writing like one weird clue per week. Well, like that, or like the guy who like is really good and that that makes uh, and he works for the New York Times and he makes crossword puzzles, right? Doesn't he? You know what I'm saying? Will Shorts. Yeah, like that guy's yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. murderer, bro. Yeah. Like he just like owns that shit. Yeah, but speaking of Dewar though, in comic form, I want I want to read Black Side. That's what I've been thinking about, bro. Oh, putting that on your yeah. birthday list. That that's is available online. Yeah, somebody Christmas out there that's smarter than me. Year, that's more capable of buying things. I'm on it. <laughs> Thank God. I've got the clue from my notes from today's podcast, clue CGI game, early 2000s, and black sad comics. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also there's a, at 43 minutes, Alina says some shit about <laughs> the difference yeah. between the two podcasts. I got that. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's, I don't know. I read several of the black sad books. They, they were okay. Yeah. yeah. A little porny? <laughs> I guess. Oh my god. I mean, I don't know. Uh, we gotta get out of here, you guys. There are rats with breasts. <laughs> it's it's more the, the art style that is good about them, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. 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 All right, let's wrap it up there. But it's yeah. it's a very like male heterosexual view on that, so Okay. Really <laughs> resonate with me. Alright, yeah. And also cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It is. I'm. I bet there's. I bet there's a lot more cat-based porny comics out there than just black. Oh, you think you so, James? Search that on the internet. What, what has McCoy. led you to believe that, James? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just. I'm just making a guess. Interesting. Cat-based. It, it sounds correct. If you know of any really good ones that we should check out, send them to yeah, me at thumbs at gmail.com. Dude, you know what's so funny though? It's like we're sitting here like joking around these topics, but mm-hmm. like literally like the people I know from Valorant that are younger literally just have discords where they just post this shit and it's just the most like shameless, just like, yo, I found this really fucking weird, like porny fucking cat comic. Like who's down to fucking Yeah, I'm like on a couple of those Discords now because You are? Yeah, because you play on my my account some I don't know what happened. Really? Oh shit. I've seen some things. <laughs> <laughs> the question is, do you like what you see? And if you want to figure that out, find out next week. Okay, let's get out of yeah, here. Let's go. Let's get out of here. Come on, come on. It's done. It's done. <laughs> All right.